everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Prospects After Dark. It has been a little while since we've had the opportunity to do a Prospects After Dark. Uh, we've had the winter warm-ups straight. We've had a couple of Cardinals moves. What do we want to talk about tonight? First off, hello, not really. Hey, Graham. Hey, Iowa Neck. Uh, hey, Hipster Iowa Neck says because of the glasses. Yeah, for those of you who forgot, I'm wearing glasses now. I'm a whole new reinvented man. Uh, B Rick forces Kyle Jack and a bunch of numbers says, "What's up, Kyle?" Uh, team of rivals, our good friend Ron Nuttall, and, and his podcast says, uh, "Hey, hello, everyone." A uh, little tiny says Austin Dean, and then a bunch of fire symbols. Yeah, au revoir, Diwell Burgess. Uh, uh, Ethan Klusner, howdy, boss from Iowa. Hello, my Iowa people. Damn it, headed out for the evening. Have a great pad. From Jay Dizzy. Look, uh, again, we'll talk about uh, uh, Diwell Burgess and the Austin Dean trade. We'll talk about uh, Rick Ricardo Sanchez uh, on the Cardinals 40 men claimed off waivers from the Seattle Mariners uh, for Ramon Urias. Uh, uh, somebody said germ beard. Yeah, it's a nasty little. I think that's my. Hold on. I think that uh, germ beard. Is that you, uh, Mr. Hayes? Let me know that's you. Uh, Cole Goldie needs an MVP type season for his offense to be good. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that Goldie needs an MVP-type season for his offense to be good, but it certainly wouldn't hurt the Cardinals to have uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt look like the player he was in Arizona instead of being uh, the, the player that he was last year for the Cardinals. And even then, it's a pretty good season that he had last year. Not great, not his standards, but still a pretty good season. Nicole says, Kyle, what's up, Nicole? How are you, GM Gersh? We missed you. Let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, let's bring the questions. Let's bring the conversation Let's have some fun. Uh, you know, my first drink tonight, I'm drinking scotch, this really cheap stuff. Uh, I looked online, and they said, hey, this is a really good cheap scotch. I don't even, famous, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, but I'm going to raise my glass real fast to all the amazing writers uh, that were just incredibly kind to me at winter warm-up. Uh, um, first off, Mick Light from Arch City was awesome. Brian Swope, who does amazing stuff. He's just an amazing, awesome guy. Um uh, Chelsea Ladd, she seems fine. I didn't really get to talk to her much. But I also want to give just the biggest shout-out in the world to some guys uh, who were amazingly nice to me during winter warm-up. Um, Jeff Jones was awesome. Brendan Schaefer was awesome. Uh, specifically, Brian Walton and Rob Rains were incredibly wonderful and nice to me. Dan Buffa is in, a, a supporter and an awesome guy, too. Uh, uh Ben Fredrickson, uh, uh, Ben Hockman, uh, everyone was just incredible. And I'm forgetting some people. Of course, Ann Rogers was wonderful. But uh, uh, to be a part of winter warm-up, and uh, it was an amazing experience. And I'm fortunate and I feel super lucky uh, that everything uh, uh, went well. So to all of the people uh, at winter warm-up that were kind to me, including people that I've been critical with on this particular podcast, uh, thank you for being amazing. I, I am forever grateful for you. Let's see. Uh, long time no chat from Saluki's fan. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, Cracker Liquid says, still handsome, even with four eyes. That's right. The more eyes, the better. Uh, the more eyes you have, the better she looks. Uh, it's great to see you. It's great to see you too, Victoria. Ben Mazzara says, holy hell, time for Prospects After Dark, better than actual TV. Yeah, we've got the Blues game on over there. We're going to try to keep an eye on that. I'm sure we'll have celebration going on in here. Hello, Matt Wright. It says it's your first day on Periscope. I know I've talked to you on Twitter before. Welcome. Uh, look, we also have the Dirty 35 to get into. Yesterday we released uh, Prospect, uh, the, the five guys out, which is really, a, I went over like 15 or 10 or 11 guys. I don't even know how many guys. Specifically keyed in on five players. Uh, and then today we released the graduates, the six players that I will not be including on the Dirty 35. 
because they are um, already graduated, in my opinion. Now, some of those guys still have rookie eligibility, be eligible for rookie year in 2020. But I, I didn't really want to write about them in 2019 because uh, I, I, I'm going to write about other guys, and I want to talk about other guys, and there were guys that I wanted to put on the list that I couldn't put on the list if they were there. Jay Ferg, what up, Ferg? How are you, brother? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Jay Clark says, zillion beers. Jay Clark, get your beers, brother. Let's get Let's get weird. Uh, Ron, not all our good friends, says Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry. Now, I've been, uh, we've been doing a seltzer thing. So the Bud Lights are all really good. The mango's good. The strawberry's good. Black cherry and lime. And I'll tell you what, the, um, uh, uh, oh God, I can't think of what they're called. Like the smear off or whatever they are. Those are all really good, too. Those seltzers are, are not playing around anymore. Uh, what's Libertor's timetable? Matthew Libertor, the player uh, the Cardinals acquired for J-Mart and Randy Rosarena. Uh, 20-year-old lefty. Arizona area. Uh, what's his timeline? You know, it, I like to be conservative when we're talking about the timelines of teenagers and 20-year-olds. So you're talking about this year starting a year in Palm Beach and maybe ending at Springfield. Next year starting in Springfield and ending in Memphis. And then in 2022 being a, a, a September call-up or something like that. Like, I, that's how I like to be. Now, he can, force the, he can force the Cardinals' hand. I would imagine that something like that happens, as a matter of fact. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Get busy, Pat, or get busy dying. You get rid I like that. Jay Ferg says, get busy, Patton, or get busy dying. I can get behind that. That's a nice little motto for Pat. What up, Kyle? Punk. Uh, what up, brother? Welcome welcome to Pat. Uh, uh, I can see my Wi-Fi will be difficult today. Sorry about that, Victoria. Hopefully everyone has good connections. Uh, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but hopefully your Wi-Fi uh, cooperates. March Hayden says, Blue's great season has made this offseason go by faster. I agree with that. Uh, uh, and, you know, they've struggled a little bit lately, but it was nice to see Pareko light the lamp a lot in the last couple games, including those two slap shots. Uh, Super Hearts from uh, uh, Jeff Niehaus. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. You are just too sweet and too kind and too wonderful. And I'll be honest with you, we still don't really know what a Super Heart does. We're still trying to figure that out, uh, and we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, let's see, uh, blah, blah, blah. Kyle, do you think the best team will have more wins than the worst team have losses? Yeah, uh, GM Gersh tweeted that poll out on Twitter a little while back. Uh, here's what I think, is I think the Pirates are going to be bad. I think other teams are going to be bad. But I think that uh, the team that will probably be the worst, I think you're going to have a 100-win team, and I don't think you're going to have a 100-loss team this year. So I'm going to say that uh, the best team will have more wins than the worst team has losses, and I'm probably going to be wrong about that. Uh, KY Cats, STL Card says, How was Danny Mac at Winter Warm-Up? I didn't get to meet Danny Mac. I didn't get to see Danny Mac, and I'm pretty disappointed in that. I would have loved to have had a conversation just to say hello and, and meet him. But again, I, all the writers at Winter Warm-Up were incredibly warm and incredibly wonderful to me, uh, and I definitely didn't deserve that, so that was a really awesome thing. Mark Hayden. Oh, and also, of course, our, our good friend Tom Ackerman, who was super sweet and super wonderful, as always, whenever I get to see him. Just the cream of the crop. Uh, Mark Hayden, are you part of the Battlehawks Brotherhood? I am. You know, I watched a little bit of uh, the XFL today, and that was a lot of fun. I actually took a nap during it. Uh, but, yeah, I can't wait for the Battlehawks tomorrow. I've got so much work to do on the Dirty 35 for you guys that I'm not exactly proud of the amount of work that I have to do. Uh, but uh, uh, So I will be watching the Battlehawks tomorrow. Uh I'll be watching the Battle Hawks tomorrow, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see where it goes from there. Bud Light seltzers are dope from Napa really. I agree. Hey, Farmer Vala, Ravello versus Nogo, who and why? Howdy. Well, 
Well, Ron Ravello is already on the 40-man, so he's the easy, obvious answer there. Neither of them are, are qualified corner outfielders. is going to get time in the outfield, and maybe he took huge strides preparing for that this offseason, and he's a different player. We just don't know yet. We're going to wait and find out. Uh, Nagowski is definitely not a corner outfielder in any capacity. Uh, I personally understand and like the role that Ravello is going to play, so that similar J-Mart style role for the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm fine with that. I do want to see what John Nagowski can do at the major league level. He has a great approach. He makes good, solid contact. He's a very good defensive first baseman. I just don't know where he fits in. I, definitely, Ravello is a better fit for the St. Louis Cardinals in the 26-man roster. Uh, but hopefully, John Nagowski gets a chance because he can hit. And he's going to have, you know, it might be like a Nick Stavanoa-type major league performance. It might not last long. It might be something like that. But I really like Ron Hell Ravello, and I really like John Nagowski. And if I'm picking for this Cardinal team, I'm saying Ravello. Uh, did you watch the A.J. Hinch interview? I did not. I have, still have not seen it. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see it soon. But, man, I've really been trying to do as much work on the Dirty 35 as I can. I haven't had as much time this offseason to dig into it. And I've been kind of a, a wreck. So it's just I'm trying to catch up now. And because of that, I've missed a lot of things happening in the world. Uh, what's up, Fish? Uh, Kyle, what's up, Fish? Uh, Jeff Niehaus says, still looking for something that tastes like an Arch Deluxe, but with 1,000% alcohol. Yeah, and I saw that WebMD tweeted out something a little while ago that there's a rare alcohol drinking disorder or something, where if you are, uh, it's not even alcohol, like if you eat carbs, it turns it into alcohol or something like that. I don't know. It'd be easier on my budget, that's for sure. B-Rick says, I'm nervous we're never going to see Kisner's full potential as a card. I, uh, you know, uh, B-Rick, that's where my concern is as well. We never saw Carson Kelly's full potential as a card. And I would suggest, or maybe not suggest, but I would think at this point that as long as Yadier Molina's around, we're never going to see the full potential of whichever the next prospect in line is. Uh, and that's not a that's not a beat on Yadier Molina. I'm not trying to be critical, but I think that that is just the reality of the situation for prospects in the Cardinals organization that are catchers. Uh, and it's probably for the better because Yadier's going to be good and he's going to play forever. And that's a huge, huge positive. I, I'm anxious to see where it all goes. I know this. I know that I've seen Andrew Kisner at AAA and at AA get a lot of time off. And the more time off he gets, the worse he looks behind the plate. When he's playing every day, he looks like an average catcher at the major league level uh, with an above average bat for a catcher at the major league level. And that has tremendous value. And hopefully he gets a chance to show that value uh, moving forward in some capacity. Our good friend Derek says, uh, were you rooting for or against the Chiefs or you didn't care? I was rooting for a good game. I felt like we got a good game. I'm happy for the Chiefs. I'm happy for Chiefs fans. Uh, Nicholas Childress, whose birthday is today, the Enchil. Happy birthday, Enchil. Uh, he's a big Chiefs fan. Ben Cerruti uh, over at Birds on the Black are huge Chiefs fans. Uh, so to the Chiefs fans, I raise my glass. I like the Niners. I like the Chiefs. I thought we had a good Super Bowl, and I'm happy with that. Uh, was this a long pad hiatus, or did I miss some? No, no, this has been a, it's been a while since we've done Prospects After Dark. The schedule's been super busy. Uh, it's just been a little too much lately, and we haven't had an opportunity to do Prospects After Dark. So here we are. We're back. We're rolling. Uh, we're going to be getting into it more. Uh, Rob Meyer says, Battlehawks. Yeah, that's right. Chi-Town Card says, what are your thoughts on Fangrass Prospect ranking for the Cardinals? Wow, Chi-Town Cardinal is really, really, really trying to get me riled up. Um, uh, you know... Here's my thought about national rankings, uh, uh, outlet rankings. It can't be easy to know 40 guys in the Cardinals system. And sure, they can talk uh, to, to rival execs and rival scouts 
They can talk to the Cardinals. But it can't be easy to dedicate the time that someone like myself or Brian Walton dedicates to the Cardinals organization. It's not easy. So while I am critical of someone like Fangraphs, I was critical uh, talking to Ryan Hetzer, or Hetzker rather, uh, uh, earlier today. You're going to want to check out that pot, Hetzer. Uh, you're going to want to check out that podcast down the line. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm definitely critical. I uh, I get it. I understand. But I would also tell you that that's why it's important to not dedicate all of your time and resources to one outlet, whether that be for prospect ranking or prospect scouting. You know, I, I do it because I'm a psychopath, and I don't want my opinion to be tainted by others. I want it to be fully mine and fully, fully mine. Uh but I think it's important that we realize that, you know, Fangraphs, they've always been really good at diagnosing or scouting the top 100 to 200 prospects, 250 prospects in baseball. And then after that, it gets a little dicey, especially for an organization like the Cardinals. Uh, that's not to, to beat up on them. It's just to say that, you know, read Prospects Live, read Baseball America, read my stuff, read the Cardinal Nation, uh, uh, read Pipeline. Pipeline's gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. Taking it all absorb it all, and make up your mind for yourself. That's part of the fun in all this. Uh, Sam, oh, hey, uh, Fish sent super hearts too. Ryan Fisher, just an incredible man. You're the best, Fish. Uh, looking forward to Bombs Away this year. Sam Lisby says, is Arenado a Cardinal yet? No, no, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. If it happens, you're talking about something closer to the All-Star break would be my guess. If it happens, and I still don't think it happens. Graham, Graham, Graham's our man, said, how would the Orioles not have 100 plus losses? That's a good point. The Orioles are bad. Uh, the Orioles are bad. The Pirates are bad. Um, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. I really don't know. I just hope that – I hope for the sake of baseball that a team has more wins than the worst team has losses. R.I.P. Kobe. Yeah, I agree with that. Scratch 3 two, one uh, To Kobe Bryant, his lovely daughter, and all those people that died in that, that uh, helicopter accident. Awful stuff. Ben Mazzara says, besides the lineup, what's a concern or something you're keeping an eye on in spring training? Uh, we talked about that. Uh, uh, um, we talked about that just a little while ago. So I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow called Long Gone. Uh, it's with Ryan Hetzer. Does some writing for Two Birds on a Bat, uh, and he asked the same question. And a little spoiler to that, which you're going to want to check that out. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. I'm most anxious to watch Carlos Martinez. I knew it. I know it went a warm up. He said that he was healthy. He was 100% yesterday. Uh, but Carlos Martinez is the most important part of the St. Louis Cardinals for me. More important than Alex Reyes. More important than who plays left field or who plays center field. Uh, Matt Carpenter's health. Carlos Martinez is the most important cog for the St. Louis Cardinals. If he's a starter and if he's pitching healthy, he's wrecking up innings, then the Cardinals are in great shape. And they have the best one-two pitching combo that they've had uh, since Carp and Wayno. And that's important to me. Uh, of course, it raises the question who fills backfills in the bullpen. I don't know that. I think the Cardinals have options. I think they have really good options. Uh, they just don't have anyone that's necessarily proven to close games. But uh, to me, like, I'm going to be keeping an eye on all the young players. You know, we. It, if I can, like, offer a disclaimer here, I would tell you that be prepared for Jake Westbrook to have a great spring training. Uh, Ramon Orias, if he makes it through waiver claim and stays in the organization, he'll have a good spring training. Jairo Munoz is a, a spring training monster. It's just what he does. Um so uh, there are going to be players that have good spring trainings. I'm anxious to see all of the kids. I'm anxious to see how the outfield thing goes and how the lineup gets structured. But I also really want to see what the best thing we can get out of Carlos Martinez is. Uh, Alex Reyes, of course, too. But let's also practice patience. Uh, still talking about Alex Reyes. Matt's Conscious One says, I miss this. I miss you. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark, family. 
Steel, Steel Orwig uh, says, I missed that avocado head. I'm glad you missed it, brother. Uh, this weird, odd-shaped, lopsided head missed every one of my pad people as well. Uh, what whiskey are you drinking tonight? Uh, we're drinking this. It's scotch. Doing doing the scotch thing tonight. The famous Groza or Grousy or whatever. It's like 18 bucks. I don't know what else to tell you. Ben 771 says, I just like to keep Brett Cecil's name alive. Uh, we're going to hear a lot of Brett Cecil, I would think, in spring training, unless he isn't healthy. And even then, we're going to hear Brett Cecil's name a lot in spring training. The Cardinals need Brett Cecil to be good, probably. The other thing, the Cardinals bullpen and what they're going to do with the lefties, uh, they've got four lefties, maybe five lefties, maybe six lefties competing for maybe two spots at a time when there's a three-batter minimum being enacted in baseball. So that's going to be a whole interesting thing. Our own personal feelings about Brett Cecil aside, how we view the lack of success he's had for the last three seasons, uh, put that aside. And let's just say that Brett Cecil signed on a one-year deal, uh, a prove-it contract, although he's making good money, and hope for the best. Not really says, what percentage of at-bats at each position for Tommy Edmond? Uh, you know, so the other thing we talked about in the podcast today that'll be live tomorrow is I have this feeling that Tommy Edmond is going to play a lot of center field this year. And Ling Thomas is a good center fielder, but I think what you're going to see, especially against all those right-handed pitchers for Cincinnati, is you're going to see a lot of uh, Tommy Edmond in center. Remember, the season ended with Tommy Edmond in center in the playoffs. Uh, but Tommy Edmond's going to play a lot of outfield. Uh, I would imagine that he gets maybe 5% of starts at short, depending on matchups, maybe 10% uh, or 25-30% of his starts at third, maybe another 10% of his starts, 5% of his starts at second, depending on players' health. And then I do think you're going to see about 50% of his starts, uh, and that probably doesn't equal 100, uh, but uh, about 50% of his starts in the outfield in some capacity. Uh, March Hayden says, would prefer someone besides Ravello on the roster. Carpenter can be the backup first baseman. Pardon me for a second. <coughs> Yeah, I, but the thing is, Ron Hill Ravelo is going to, and they seem pretty confident that Ravelo can play the outfield, although that's not something that I necessarily believe after watching him for quite a bit. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and find out. I, I, here's my thing, is I don't think any of the roster spots behind, like, Wong and DeYoung and probably Carpenter and probably Edmund and probably Fowler and Yachty and Goldschmidt, I, I think everything should be very fluid, and I think the Cardinals would do well to make as many spots as available to as many different people uh, as possible. Scratch321 says, is this basketball? Yes, it's basketball, but on a baseball diamond. Uh, let's see. It's all a setup, 99% over matches. If someone sells tickets, they're going to make it simple. I like that. I don't really know what's going on, but I like that. Matt Wright says, does Montero stay in Springfield to, at the start of 2020, even though he batted under 200 last season? Yeah. Yeah, so Aliris Montero, unless he comes to spring and blows the roof off of spring training, he'll start back at Springfield. They wouldn't demote him in the first place. There's no reason to. Uh, I doubt that he ends up getting promoted to Memphis very quickly. He still has a lot to prove at the AA level. You know, uh, what we talked about with Aliris Montero, uh, my concern with Aliris is that he's gone from being a patient and selectively aggressive hitter uh, in 2018 at Palm Beach and uh, Peoria, where he, you know, bust onto the scene, to being kind of an aggressive, free-swinging, 
a reactionary hitter in Springfield and in the Arizona Fall League. I want to see in 2020, whether it be at Springfield or Memphis or wherever, I just want to see Elias Montero go back uh, to the approach that he showed in both the Midwest League and the Florida State League. Uh, that's the player that I got excited about that we didn't necessarily see in 2019 and the player who deserves to be a top 150 prospect in baseball. Uh, but yeah, I expect him to start at Springfield. Welcome, Tamatu Penay. It's our first day. Hey, what's up? Farmer Vala says, Seamark, Reyes, Helsley. Uh, who is in your rotation for playoff push? I'll say Seamart. You know, I think that the Cardinals have enough pitching options that they can get Seamart up to 120 or 150 innings uh, and use the all-star break and other options to get Seamart rest. And that's what I'm hoping for. Friggin' Cards. Friggin' Cards says, what's up, Kyle? A Friggin' Cards, I love you, bud. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. I cheer my glass, raise it to you. A big cheers to you, fella. This is another great person. Uh, Matt Wright says, cheap $5 six-pack, a double IPA from Trader Joe's, raised to the pad. I love that. Now, Trader Joe's makes some pretty good beer. Uh, you know, the other thing is I've been drinking a lot of that uh, El Monterey, the uh, knockoff Corona or Modelo from Aldi, and that is a really good beer, too. Aldi's just good stuff. KY Cats STL card says, what's the ETA for Seth Elledge? Thanks, brother. Now, I would tell you that uh, on Friday we released the five prospects out, and Seth Elledge is one of those prospects. Now, Elledge isn't on the 40-man, and the Cardinals have a lot of pitchers with Major League experience already on the 40-man. So that kind of changes what his ETA is. I would think that a lot of things would have to go weird for Seth Elledge to make a non-September Major League debut in 2020. But I do think Seth Elledge is ready to make a Major League debut. I think he has a lot to work on. You know, he uses what is deemed a curveball, but what I'm calling a slider um, uh, with this fastball pretty well. It'd be nice to him to develop the third pitch a little bit better. But I do think that Seth Elledge is kind of ready for a major league role. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's going to be anything more than what we've seen out of Sam Tuovalala when Sam Tuovalala has been healthy at the major league level. And I bring up Tuovalala because Tuovalala was traded for Seth Elledge. That's how the Cardinals got Seth Elledge. But I think that that's like a perfect kind of role for him. Uh, so when is his major league debut? I'll say 2020. I'll say September and we'll see where it goes from there. But then again, I say that in September, but the one caveat of the 26 man being added instead of 25 man roster is that nowadays you uh, they'll only you'll only get to add two additional people in September. So it won't be a potential to add an extra uh, 14 or 15 players. You can only add two. So maybe not even that. Now look, his ETA, if things go wrong, is 2020. And if things uh, uh, go right for the Cardinals, it's 2021. Welcome TMD414. It's their first day. Uh, D Ludwig 479 says cards record this year, which team worries you the most in the NL central? Look, I'm still worried about the Cubs. I get why Cardinals fans are more worried about the Reds. I, I, if I'm an object of baseball fan, I like the Reds a lot. I'm anxious to see what the Reds do in 2020, but I'm still worried about the Cubs. You know, I, we'll see what happens when they get healthy. We'll see what a potentially motivated Chris Bryant can do. Uh, I, I never stop worrying about the Cubs. Hopefully this is the last year that we have to worry about them for a while. It'd be nice to see them implode and be selling off by uh, the All-Star break. But I am still more worried. Now, what's their record? You know, I think they won 91 games, went 91 and 71 last year, right? Am I wrong about that? Does that equal 162? Uh, 91 and 71 last year, I think that they finished with the same record. Uh, again, I'm also on record as saying that the only way that the Cardinals finish with the same record is if Mr. Schilt... Uh, is the aggressive manager that we saw in the second half of the season and not the, the somewhat slow-to-react manager that we saw in the first half of last season. Uh, Jake Westbrook, I assume you meant Woodford. Oh, yeah, sorry, guys. 
you'll have to pardon me. Yeah, Jake, Jake Woodford, I, not Westbrook. I can't help myself. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going too fast. Can you tell that I haven't done prospects after dark in a little time? Uh, sorry about that. Good Life Sean says, I have more faith in Carlson than O'Neal in 2020. So what you're telling me, Good Life Sean, is you have more faith in a player that you've never heard of uh, or that you've never seen uh, over somebody that you've seen uh, and a player that you've only heard of over somebody that you've seen and heard of. Uh, I understand people's faith in Carlson. I, as you guys know, I have tremendous faith in Dylan Carlson as well. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be wonderful. But I, what I will tell everyone is what I've seen out of Tyler O'Neill when he's played every day for the short spurts where he's played every day uh, is the same hitter that I saw at the minor leagues who was a top 25 prospect in baseball, a top 50 prospect in baseball. So let's let's not get down on Tyler O'Neill. Look, he looked terrible in pitch hitting performances in, in September last year. He was trying to hit everything, trying to earn uh, some at-bats, and it just backfired. But every time that that kid's been given a chance to play every day at the major league or minor league level, he's been everything that we hoped he could be, which uh, is uh, a player with the ceiling of K.H. Riss Davis or uh, Hunter Renfro or something like that, as we've talked about in our group chat over the last couple days. Luke says, who is this and what the hell is going on? Uh, that's a great question, Luke. I don't even know the answer to that. Uh, Jake Westbrook, top of the 11th legend, as we reference game six of the 2011 uh, World Series. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, what's your gut feeling on a possible Jack Flaherty extension? Cards don't pay him when it comes time. I don't think the Cardinals have the money to be able to extend Jack Flaherty. I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount. I don't think he's going to take a deal like Albert Pujols took. I think, as VHS said on Twitter earlier today, I think uh, when he was talking to Farmer Vala, I think the Cardinals' best bet is to try to buy out those arbitration years and hope for the best. Uh, that, that's what I think. Look, Jack Flaherty isn't going to spend his entire career as a Cardinal unless he gets hurt. That's something that we need to come to terms with. I don't believe that the organization has it in them to uh, pull the trigger on a record-breaking contract for a pitcher who is going to go to a free agent market where people are going to bid high for him. Marchain says, uh, Kim, the closer, uh, let's see. Uh, Brett Cecil is my favorite player. Everyone loves Brett Cecil. It's a Brett Cecil love fest going on here. Uh, Rusty is asked to join. I don't think there's any way that happens. Ravelo is Matt Adams 2.0 in the outfield. He's not as bad as Matt Adams in the outfield. I would suggest John Nagowski is probably Matt Adams 2.0 in the outfield, although Nogo has played a little outfield. Uh, but, yeah, Ravelo is not good out there. I would say that he's the worst version of uh, Marcelo Zuna out there. Iowanex says, can Sosa play the outfield? You know, I don't think he's played the outfield, and if he has, it's been very, very little. Uh, but I would suspect that Edmundo Sosa gets time in the outfield. Look, I think the Cardinals are going to do that with their minor leaguers, too. I think you're going to see Irving Lopez in the outfield. I think you're going to see Kramer Robertson in the outfield, Raider Escanio. The Cardinals, it seems like, have gone out of their way to try to make as many people as possible um, a utility players, and not just utility infielders or outfielders who can play all three positions, trying to turn as many players into utility players as possible. So that's my thought. PMW00 says, hey, Kyle, I can't hear you very well. Can you take your cardigan off? I don't even know what a cardigan is. I don't even know what a sweater is. Uh, let's see. Good Life Sean says, I don't think center field is as open as you do. LF is the only open position headed into the season. Uh, look, I think that just like it's been said, and uh, first off, Sean, uh, you don't know what I think. I want to make that uh, goalie and go hockey play either team. I, I want to make it clear that if you've watched or listened to Prospects After Dark, you know pretty well that my thought on this is that I would make every position wide open, but I also think, oh, God, i got to take the microphone off. Oh, boy. Ah, oh, stupid battery, you guys. All right, so um, i got to plug the phone in. 
Uh, what a disaster this is already. I think that Harrison Bader pretty well has a center field job. Uh, I almost have no doubts about it. Uh, I, I do think left field is open. But I also think that that first series against the Reds makes it really interesting. And uh, those three righties, the Cardinals are going to have to do some real work on. Uh, let's see. What is Sosa's next best position besides shortstop? Look, Edmundo Sosa, is he's uh, an average with flashiness and third base and second base and shortstop. Uh, uh, so I, I think it's kind of a push all around the diamond. Look, he does some weird stuff every once in a while that gets you frustrated. He's a better defensive shortstop than, like, we've seen in that utility role in a long time, you know. Uh, I still like Tommy Edmond better at short than I like Edmundo Sosa. Uh, I'd ask you to keep that in mind. Uh, but, uh, well, it's about a push for me. It's about a push for me. I, I really don't know how, like, I feel about that. I like Edmundo Sosa because he's just a really good defender with surprise pop. And we're, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, if O'Neal doesn't play well, that outfield will be embarrassingly bad. Hold on. Maybe. March Hayden makes a good point, you know, if O'Neal doesn't play well. But do we all think that Tyler O'Neal is going to be penciled in in left field? Because I don't. Uh, I think you're going to see Tommy Edmond out there a lot. I think that you're going to see Lane Thomas out there a lot. Uh, I believe that Tyler O'Neal is going to have to fight tooth and nail for that starting job. I don't think it's written in pen or in Sharpie. I think it's I think it's up for debate where that goes. Uh, Matt Stromer says, "Hey, what's up, Matt? Uh, over under 88 wins this uh, with this current roster. Again, I think a good manager can manage this team to 91 wins. I think Mike Schilt has it in him. I just think it's a matter of being as aggressive as possible as early as possible. Put your players in a position to be as successful as possible." Saluki's fan too says, "What happened to Woodall last season? What?" can we expect in 2020? So Woodall has been dealt with like a shoulder issue. And I think he had shoulder surgery last year. And that's why he missed all but like one at bat uh, during the 2019 season. What can we expect from him? We can expect big power. If he gets healthy, we can expect clunky defense at probably first in the outfield, uh, but also potentially okay defense out in the outfield. Uh, we can expect big power, maybe some big strikeouts if he's healthy and ready to go. I like Kevin Woodall a lot and here's the hope and he's healthy. Uh, you want me to bang on the trash can every time you get a repeat question? I love it. Good life, Sean. That's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. March Hayden says Reds aren't ready. 83 win max. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't call them 83 win max. I, I don't know what kind of scale we're grading on to get them to a max or a minimum. Uh, they could be good. They're probably, I mean, I think that they're a 500 team. Uh, they're, they're, they have a ton of talent. They have a good bullpen and some surprisingly good starting pitching and a fun and interesting lineup. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But to call them an 83-win max team, I think that's a little off base. Uh, to, I don't know what we're going to see. I think that's another situation where you talk about managing. Like, uh, Mr. Bell is going to have a hell of a time uh, maximizing that lineup. You talk about Moustakis at second base. Moustakis was an effective second baseman because of what the Brewers did with him. We're going to have to see where that goes. Remember, Eugenio Suarez isn't going to start the year with, with the Reds. He's hurt, right? He's going to miss the beginning of the season. So we're just going to have to wait and see where that all goes, see how spring training works. You know, they lose a pitcher or anything could happen. Uh, but the Reds and the Cubs are both pretty good teams on paper, and we'll see where it goes from there. I think I'm less worried about the Cubs with Ross as the manager. Yeah, you know, if there was a manager that was most likely to take their team to and escape the room that isn't Mike Matheny, it's David Ross. Uh, if O'Neill is healthy, what is your projection stat line? And if used correctly. Well, you know, if you extrapolate that time that he was a starter while Marcelo Zuna was on the injured list, uh, you're talking about a 280 hitter that gets, well, no, that's probably not fair. You're talking about a 260 hitter that gets on base 32% of the time 
Slugs, you know, about 480, so about an 800 OPS. I think you're talking about a guy who hits every bit of 29 home runs, every bit of 25 doubles, uh, strikes out somewhere around 30% of the time, and walks 6% of the time. Uh, I'm bullish on Tyler O'Neill Again, I watched him every day at the minors before he was a St. Louis Cardinal when he was with the Mariners. I've always, always, always liked Tyler O'Neill. And when he was uh, the starter, while Zuna was on the injured list, that was the most minor league version of Tyler O'Neill that I've seen. And because of that, I think it's in there. I think we see it if he's given the opportunity, uh, and we'll see where it goes. You know, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. We saw that when he has at-bats, and, and when we saw it in his pinch-hitting at-bats in September. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. I, I, I love Tyler O'Neill. I'm hoping for the best for him. Steele says, Reds are still short until they trade for Lindor. Yeah, boy, you talk about a nail in the coffin for Cardinals fans. Uh, why was Roman concrete so much stronger than what we can make today? That's a great question. You know, I've never studied the concrete that the Romans made. My guess is that they probably put human sacrifices in it. I don't know. Lance Dance retweeted our good friend Adam Butler. Adam was there when uh, we got to talk to Randy Flores, which was a surreal experience. Uh, uh, if Randy Flores is watching this, which we get the impression that he does, I raise my glass to Randy Flores, but more importantly, I raise my glass to Adam Butler, who might be Zach Gifford. No one really knows. Napa really says, what's Mateo Gilvin up to? Uh, Mateo Gil, from what I understand, has had a really, really good uh, offseason. The Johnson City standout last year, the uh, athletic shortstop with a surprise amount of pop. It looks like it's gonna be he's going to be ready for a Peoria test uh, uh, entering the 2020 season. Uh, he's a player you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, a lot of people are super bullish on him. I take a more conservative approach with him when we get to the Dirty 35. Uh, the Johnson City, like... His WRC Plus, which is adjusted for league, of course, uh, was 106. He was 6% above league average there. That's a great thing for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old at that level. Uh, the Appy League is a hitter-friendly league. So I'm anxious to see what happens when he gets challenged a little bit more, pushed a little bit more. Uh, I think he's going to maybe struggle a little bit, and I think it's going to hurt his rankings for others. But I think I like where my ranking is. I think it holds steady uh, for a little bit while we can watch the type of uh, uh, approach development that he's making. Uh, let's see. Graham says, uh, I don't know what we're, uh, in Cardinals fan 022 says Bader and Carpenter are the most hated players on the roster expecting big bounce back years. Yeah. I think Carpenter and Fowler are, are the two most hated, you know, Bader, look, all three of them are polarizing Bader, Fowler, Carpenter, but you know, as someone who's been critical of Harrison Bader, uh, since, since making his major league debut, um, uh, I think that Bader is a little bit more beloved than those others right now. You know, Matt Carpenter has a cult following. Dexter Fowler has a cult following. But remember, there's something about Harrison Bader that, like, there is a loud minority who are very, very vocal about their disdain for Harrison Bader. Uh, but I think other than that, it's kind of a wash, to be honest with you. Uh, there, There is, a, to your point, though, uh, a Cardinals fan, 022, it seems like there is a loud group of people that do not like Harrison Bader. Uh, Manny Margo to raise. Wow. Oh, did that really happen? I have no idea. Somebody's going to have to tweet this stuff at me if it happens. Uh, the Rays are just collecting outfielders. Good for them, I guess. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm mad at you for not showing up to troll Charlie at his birthday. I got into a car accident that night. Lucy Bird, is Lane Thomas' skill set close to Tommy Edmonds? Nah, you know, I kind of like what you're saying. Um, let's see. You know, here's the thing that I've been saying about Tommy Edmond is Tommy Edmond reminds me a little bit of um, 
uh, like Stephen Piscotty, right? So Stephen Piscotty comes up in 2015. They're both Stanford grads. They both have an all-fields approach. Uh, he comes up in 2015, and he supplements the roster and provides a spark and helps the Cardinals get 100 wins in 2015. Uh, and then the next year, he got off to a lightning quick start, but when the league adjusted to him, he struggled. Uh, I think that they have similar skill sets. Uh, Tommy Edmond, guys, thank you so much for tweeting this at me. I really appreciate it. Um, I think Tommy Edmond, you know, Lane Thomas, I think that they have similar skill sets in that they don't overextend at the plate. They make good, solid contact. They can use all fields. They're athletic and they're strong. But I think Lane Thomas, uh, you know, where Tommy Edmond is more of a uh, an all-fields hitter with an advanced approach at the plate, I think Tommy Edmond's a little bit more raw and a little stronger at the same time. So it, it's a tough it's a tough question to answer exactly. And again, thanks to everyone for uh, uh, for tweeting at me the race trade. Race trade reliever Emilio Pagan. Uh, to the Padres in exchange for Manu Manuel Margo and uh, uh, Logan Driscoll. And I know a lot of people are high on Logan Driscoll, uh, and they're doing interesting stuff. Good for the Rays. Hell, I, I like uh, 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 I like that. Uh, Tyler Thurman says, I'm late. Did we already talk about the Battle Hawks? Yeah, Tyler Thurman, we did. We'll talk about the Battle Hawks uh, uh, over and over again. Hashtag cacaw. Iowanek, explain the Dean trade after we traded to get rid of outfielders. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, uh, Derek. You know, uh, here's my thing is I think the Cardinals. Uh, OK, so here there's a couple things. Right. And this goes to the dial. Uh, this goes to the um, uh, the Rick, the uh, Ricardo Sanchez trade, too, or not trade. They uh, they claimed Ricardo Sanchez dropped Ramon Urias off the 40 man. I think that what the Cardinals are doing is they're just building depth back up. Austin Deaton's an interesting guy. He's a spark plug. He's a great kid. He's a guy that everyone in baseball loves who gets to talk to him and see him. He's been very good at the minor leagues. He makes a ton of contact. Uh, you know, you trade two outfielders, you can never really have enough depth. Uh, and also the thing about having as much depth as possible, like I was bringing up with uh, Rick Sanchez a little while ago, is that if you have enough depth pitching-wise and enough depth outfield-wise, a team like the Cardinals – might just be uh, aggressive enough to trade some of that depth. Remember, the Cardinals don't trade from a position of weakness. They only trade from a position of strength. So bringing on pitchers, bringing on outfielders, in my mind, makes it more likely that they'll trade others. And you're right, I'd rather have Jag. I'd rather have Randy or Rosarena. But of the options there, I like what they did with Austin Dean and bringing him in. I'm anxious to see what Dial Burgess's uh, ceiling is. I'm anxious to see what he does in the Marlins organization. Uh, they might have gotten a steal. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, good luck, Sean says, seems like every year we have a Tommy Edmond. Who will, who will that be this year? You know, it might be Edmundo Sosa. You know, if we're going to talk about a guy who isn't on the 40-man, who makes it onto the 40-man, who uh, has a surprise major league uh, uh, blow-up, you know, it might be Ramon Urias if he clears through waivers. We could wait and see. I think more than likely because of the Cardinals' outfield situation, because of uh, – uh, 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 how their 40-man is stacked, I think you're probably talking about pitching. And I think that more than likely the guy that uh, comes and makes an impact that you didn't necessarily expect, I think it's more than likely Cody Whitley. Uh, March Hayden says, are the Brewers being slept on or do you think their window is closed? I think the Brewers are being slept on. You know, a couple years back, I thought that the Brewers were going to implode. Uh, you know, they were going to rebuild and they weren't going to be good for a couple years. And then they've been good pretty well ever since. Uh, I kind of trust the process that the Brewers have and we're going to have to wait and see, but we are definitely counting them out, uh, when we should be, uh, uh taking them into account. Kind of like Sarah says, O'Neal, be careful. This Kyle is obsessed. Higher security. You don't even know about it. Lucas 2024 says, so how about the Rays Padres trade? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know as much about, uh, Mr. 
Pagan or uh, Logan Driscoll. Uh, I'm pretty disappointed about that. I wish I could give you guys a more in real time uh, update on all of those. Um, but uh, look, I love movement in baseball. I get excited. This has been a fun off season. As long as you haven't been an Astros or a Red Sox fan. Uh, so keep it up, keep it up, keep the news coming, keep the trades going. I love it. It's good for baseball. Matt Wright says MLB.com just posted an article breaking all 30 closers and they penciled Andrew Miller and his closer. Yeah, that's the, the one thing about these like best player things that's going on at MLB.com is they're terrible. Uh, Fred Bird's uncle. But then again, keep in mind, Andrew Miller is really the only guy that's on the roster with closing experience. And it would make sense that if you're going to pencil someone in that on the fly, you'd pencil him in. Fred Bird's uncle says, most seems high on Justin Williams. What's your take? Yeah, it seems like the Cardinals have been high on Justin Williams since they traded for him. Uh, my take is that I love the change that he made to his swing. It's still way too wonky for me. Uh, I, I want to see it continue to evolve and grow. I love what he showed after he came off the injured list last year at the minor leagues for the last month and a half of the season. He was probably the best hitter in the PCL over the last month and a half in a season. And that includes Dylan Carlson playing really well, Ramon Urias, Max Schrock. Uh, uh, and also Randy Rosarena when Rosarena was there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, he's a better defensive corner outfielder than I give him credit for, but I want to see what it looks like this year. You know, I, I'm not one to hang my hat on one and a half month of production. I love that he seemed to change his hitting philosophy. I love that his swing changed a little bit, but we're just going to have to wait and see where it goes from there. Uh, I wouldn't expect as much of a big thing. IONX says, any idea if Delvin Perez added any weight? Yeah, yeah, so it's been reported. Uh, that Delvin Perez uh, has added about 20 pounds of, of weight. I don't know if it's muscle. I've been told it's good weight. Uh, so he's uh, reportedly up to 185, which is great and good. And, you know, a little a little thing here for my pad people. Uh, as we get into the Dirty 35, my number 35 prospect on the Dirty 35 is Delvin Perez. I haven't decided exactly how we're going to roll out the Dirty 35 yet. Uh, we might do it uh, on... Tomorrow's 9, 10, 11. We might do it on Wednesday when pitchers and catchers report. Uh, we might do it on Friday. We're not sure. Uh, uh, we'll figure it out as we go along. But Delvin Perez is prospect 35 on the Dirty 35. I always tell people, prospects 35 through 31, I like doing the Dirty 35 because that back seventh of the Dirty 35 ends up being just like the misfits, the crapshoot prospects, the guys that like – these are the guys I like at the back of the – 30-35 that we can talk about and and have a conversation about that we might not have otherwise had a conversation about. You know, Delvin would not be on my top 30 uh, because I like a lot of the guys in the Cardinals organization. I like what the Cardinals organization looks like right now. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see what Delvin's season looks like, how he handles the weight he put on. Remember, Delvin finished the season strong over his last 139 at-bats with plate appearances. You know, he, he did exactly what you would hope someone like him would do. And this was the time of Oscar Mercado's um, – Development where Oscar Mercado started hitting, started becoming the next the version of himself that uh, there was about the time in this development when he became started to become the version of himself that he is now. So we're just going to have to wait and see with Delvin. Uh, let's see. Why do you have a marker in your hand? I just pick up whatever's around me. I miss Tommy Pham. You from APL. Yeah, look, I love Tommy Pham. Uh, I think that being in a clubhouse with him would have been a trip. Uh, I think that being a coworker of his would have been a trip, but uh, yeah, look, I love Tommy Pham. I'm glad he's getting a little bit of money, and hopefully, when he eventually becomes a free agent, he continues to get paid after having a couple good years in San Diego. Do the Cardinals give up on Nick Plummer? Yeah, more than likely, this is the year where the Cardinals give up on Nick Plummer. But 
you know, Dick Plummer takes good at bats. We just want to see him be a little bit more aggressive and make a little harder contact, and then you just never know what happens. Again, Nick Plummer's still only 23 years old, I think. Uh, there's still time for Nick Plummer to put it together. You know, him and Bryce Denton, while we all forget about them and we all kind of write them off, you just never know. Uh, I personally don't necessarily believe in either of them uh, the way that others do, but you just never know. You never give up on him. Nick Plummer's a great dude, a great kid. He's still super athletic. Anything could happen. Uh, I've come here to learn more about baseball from Ashley Allure. Uh, I'm sure you have, Sexbot. Uh, Ponce de Leon's ceiling is greater than, less, or equal to Lance Lynn's MLB career. I would say less. For me, Ponce de Leon is, and that's not the, like, look, Lance Lynn has had a great major league career. You, you don't get players like Lance Lynn very often. So I will always say under uh, uh, for that. You know, Ponce de Leon, he's older. Uh, uh, he has, there, there's a, there's a wider berth for failure there. I think Daniel Ponce de Leon is going to be a very important bullpen piece for the St. Louis Cardinals. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the year again as a starter uh, down at Memphis. But I love the role that he might potentially have at the back end of the bullpen. And I think the Cardinals would do well to even audition him for the closer spot. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, 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 let me, I was not in a car accident. What I did is I got run off the road and I worked a 12-hour day that day. Didn't get home until 10. It, it was terrible. Vanilla or chocolate chick? Now we're talking. Let's get into the real questions. Vanilla and chocolate chick. Look, we've had nothing but serious baseball talk for 45 minutes now. Uh, chocolate or vanilla shake? I put those babies together. I, I don't like to discriminate one flavor or the other. You swirl them sons of bitches together and you make it happen. March Hayden. I lose my mind when the cards are in the race and need another bat badly and Mo does nothing. Yeah, I think that the Cardinals fans will lose their mind. For two straight uh, uh, trade deadlines, the Cardinals haven't really done anything to impact their roster. That's frustrating. Uh, even two years ago, you can go back to April, the waiver trade deadline, and all they had to do was pay money for Josh Donaldson, and they said, no, we don't need that, and then Donaldson blew up for the Indians. Uh, yeah, look, I, I agree, but I also don't think that the Cardinals – look, they're going to need the bat. They, if the Cardinals acquire Nolan Arenado, they're still going to probably need a bat. Um, you can never have enough. Look at what the Dodgers are doing if they end up getting bets, even if they don't get bets. They're stacked. Look at the National. They're stacked. The, the National have Carter Keyboom, and they still brought in Starlin Castro and Asdrubal Cabrera again. So, you know, you can never, ever have enough depth. Uh, you can never have a good enough lineup. You can never have good enough pitching. But I like what the Cardinals have. I'm anxious to see how they're used. I'm anxious to see how they're maximized. And I hope that they all produce the way that they need to produce. Uh, how are you now to coach this point? Uh, good night, Kyle. Hey, Judah, Jay Judah, too. Good night to you. Uh, uh, Jay Clark, 1999, says, no, Michael Perry. No, Michael Perry is a great organizational depth piece. They can play a little shortstop, play a little third, play, play all over the diamond. Uh, to Jay Judah, too, to all the bad people. Um, but no, he's not, he's not on the dirty 35. He probably wouldn't be in my top 60 prospects in the Cardinals organization. Uh, DD Normandia, 20, says, don't have a question, just wanted to say thanks for entertaining me while I study organic chem. Oh, well, to you, since you're probably studying and not drinking, uh, uh, I believe it's Diane, right? Diane Normandia. Uh, I raise my glass. Good luck with uh, organic chemistry. That sounds exhausting. Uh, it also sounds super interesting, too. So to you, good luck with what eventually will be a test, I'm sure. Ah. Uh, let's see. Iowa next says, what does the Cardinals minor league rank, in your opinion, top 10? I wouldn't call it a top 10, but I will say if the Cardinals, uh, you know, in my mind, it's somewhere between 12 and 16, maybe 12 and 17. 
boy, we're going to end up getting drunk tonight. Uh, what I will say is that, that if some of these hitters that are in their teens and now the, like 20 years old, 21 years old, and some of the drafted pitchers from the 2019 draft progress the way that I think they're capable of progressing, if some of that pitching gets healthy, I think you're talking about a potentially top 10 uh, uh, farm system in baseball again. Uh, I like what the Cardinals did in the draft, and I'm anxious to see where it goes. Graham says, Bryce Denton family, though. Oh, boy. Yeah. Th- th- so when you write about Cardinals prospects and you talk about Cardinals prospects, eventually family members slide in. Uh, that's why right now we're going to raise our glass to the godfather of prospects after dark, Jason Hicks, the, uh, uh, the, the queen of prospects after dark, Jennifer Hicks. Uh, we're going to raise our glass to the, the Kisner family, the Carlsons. Uh, we'll get to the Carlsons here in a little bit. Oh, but to all the family members of players that watch Prospects After Dark, to the players that watch Prospects After Dark, and as I've come to find out, the organization members who watch Prospects After Dark, uh, we raise our glass to you. Uh, and the Denton family is part of that. Life is weird, man. Good life, Sean. Which two players will you vote for in the Cardinals Hall this year? Look, I, I'm not going to vote. I don't care at all. Uh, Ray Lankford's in, and that's all that matters to me. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I think that there's a case to be made that John Tudor and Keith Hernandez are the guys. I love Edgar Renteria. I love Matt Morris. But I don't care at all. Look, uh, uh, that guy's in there. And I what I really think is the Cardinals should change it from two people to one uh, every year. Uh, Jay Hart, 1273, says, who could find themselves off the opening day roster? Munoz, maybe. Yeah, you know, uh, if we're talking about the guys who ended the year on the roster, uh, you know, Gyro is the easy one there. The pitching staff could end up being really interesting. You know, I guess if there's a situation where Ryan Helsley goes back to Memphis, you know, uh, depending on what they have to do with John Gant because they can't option him down, I think that they can still option Daniel Ponce de Leon. You know, they might be in a position where they have to keep guys, uh, and then you just never know what's going to happen with other guys, even if they pitch really well. Um, so yeah, I think Munoz is the easy answer there. Uh, I think Lane Thomas, depending on what the Cardinals decide to do with the outfield situation, you know, uh, like those are the only ones that really make sense to me. Uh, other than that, I think you're looking at something very similar to what the Cardinals had on August 31st last year. Uh, hi Kyle. Hey, what's up Quinn? How are you? Shamrock shake or eggnog shake? Uh, I will say eggnog shake. So the shamrock shake, the issue with the shamrock shake is it's just a shake with food coloring. Uh, I'll take eggnog shake. Great question, Jeff Niehaus. You heard anything on Connor Green? I missed that dude from Adam Butler. No, man. I don't know what happened with him. You know, he got bounced around. He was on a 40-man and then got uh, got claimed on waivers. And I really don't know where he's at or what's going on with him. I loved him, too, you know. Uh, when I went down to spring training, what will be three years ago now or two years ago now, two years ago now, um, Connor Green looked like that he had he had that curveball dialed in his fastball was in the high 90s you could tell he was still slowing his arm down when he threw that breaking pitch but we thought man that guy's gonna make a major league debut at some point with the cardinals and maybe have some important uh relief pitching innings down the road and it just never happened and i like bringing up Connor green because it also goes to show us the volatility uh when it comes to predicting uh prospects to the major leagues green had everything except for command and you know what pitchers need command take note of that Genesis cabrera quinn I should be studying financial math, but no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Look, if there's one thing I've learned over my course of my lifetime is the word finance and studying uh, don't go together. Uh, finance doesn't really go with anything other than I'm broke as fuck. Uh, so good luck with finances and such. What's your favorite cut of fry from Not For Really? <laughs> I like them crinkies, boy. Give me them crinky cut from that steaky shake. Steaky shacks. Shake shack is what it is. Uh, look, I'll tell you what. I love the waffle fries from Chick-fil-A. I love the crinkies from Shake Shack. Uh, you get me a patati and you fry that thingy, 
and I eat it. I'll tell you another thing, that Chick-fil-A. Now, everyone loves the Chick-fil-A sauces, sauces and soppings and fixings, but that Chick-fil-A has this thing called cilantro lime sauce, and I get that spicy chicky, and I put that cilantro limey on that chicky spicy, and I eat it yum-yum. And it is fucking amazing. I don't know if you guys have ever had that cilantro lime. It's incredible. But what's my favorite cut of fry? Rub the potatoes on me, boy. Jake Dellert says, what are the chances Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill both start regularly? I would say 0% unless Dexter Fowler gets hurt. Uh, how do you like your steak? I like it medium rare. I'd, I'd rather be medium. I'd rather be rare than medium, but I like it medium rare, baby doll. Good life, Sean, to you. Cheers. Derek says, Gould says, Griffin Roberts is a dark horse for a major league spot. Look, I love Griffin Roberts. You'll find that I am still very aggressive about where I put Griffin Roberts on the dirty 35. I am not giving up on him. Uh, I love that slider. Now, if you're talking about a player who's like Adam Adovino, who could play an Adam Adovino role, you know, not as successful as Adovino. Adovino is one of, he's an elite reliever. Uh, but, you know, a Mitchell Boggs type, Adam Adovino type role for the St. Louis Cardinals. I, Griffin Roberts is a great choice. I don't want the Cardinals to give up on Griffin Roberts as a starter yet. I think Griffin Roberts is still a starter future. I like him better than Jake Woodford. I like him a great deal better than Jake Woodford. Although uh, Woodford is ahead of Roberts on the Dirty 35, uh, I still like Roberts better. I'm, remember, when I do the Dirty 35, I try to be as objective as possible. Uh, but I'm not giving up on Griffin Roberts. I love him. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a major league impact. And I'll tell you what, if he's pitching well enough in the minor leagues to make a major league impact, in, uh, I'm going to grab a Sharpie now, uh, in 2020, then the Cardinals are in great shape. Uh, Tommy Jew will be the number one prospect in baseball this time next year. I'm not even allowed to say Tommy Jew. I feel dirty every time I say it. But yeah, Tommy Jew was a, a, a 15th round draft pick by the Cardinals, 10th round. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm fucking up. The Chief is fucking up. Patrick Romero was 12th. Uh, Statler was 15. 13th round. Tommy Jew was a 13th round draft pick by the Cardinals in 2019. Uh, got hurt. Uh, he could be interesting. He could definitely be a member of the Dirty 35 by midseason, and I'm really hoping for it. I didn't include him or Steve Gendry in the five men out because of health issues, but I love that the Cardinals signed, uh, signed you after drafting him. Very, very high ceiling, super athletic kid. Probably doesn't have the power that you, he's going to need, but we'll just wait and see. Quinn, if Helsley starts the season in Memphis, my head might explode. Quinn, imagine what my head will do if Ryan Helsley starts the year in Memphis. But I would not put it by the St. Louis Cardinals. Remember, they, they've done it in the past. They've jockeyed that 40-man time. Uh, 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 they've, they've jockeyed the 25-man roster based on option years and how many more options a guy has. They haven't done it a lot. Uh, you know, the one thing is I say they jockey 40-man time. That's one thing the Cardinals don't really do. They, you know, everybody's talking about Dylan Carlson. You know, I believe that if Dylan Carlson is hands down the best uh, option, they'll, they'll bring him with the big club. But it's they won't, they won't mess with his service time. What they'll do is they'll do exactly what you would do if you were in their position. You would use Lane Thomas. You would use your 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 options that are already on the 40-man. They don't jockey 40-man time. They don't jockey service time. They've never done that. Uh, but they do utilize major league options uh, to a fault almost. Eggnog gives my wife the farts. Ooh, don't want to be in bed for that. Uh, Matt Wright says, Arby's Curly Fries snubbed. I do love the Arby's Curly Fries. Those Arby's Curly Fries are like the... Uh, you know, all of the hill restaurants of fries, because they've been around forever and they've, they're they they're super high quality and then you dip them in that horsey or you dip them in that Arby, uh, they're amazing. I love those things. But because they've been around forever, we forget about how amazing they are. Randall Rhodes says, Connor Green is in Kansas City. Good luck, Connor. 
boy, do I, I just sympathize for you. Uh, you'll be pitching 100 innings uh, by the All-Star break for Matheny. No, you'll never make a major. You'll never get to the major. Sorry about that. Uh, Lance Dan says, I went to Revel Kitchen tonight, and they got a cilantro lime sauce. That kicks ass. Cilantro lime is taking the world over. Uh, Revel Kitchen, I haven't been there. Adam, what would you, you think of the R-E-V-E-L Kitchen? Uh, tell me. Give me your, uh, your, uh, your Yelp review. I need to know it. I need to know it now. Big old buck says, uh, hot take. Lane Thomas beats out Bader for a starting spot. I am on record on pad in every version of a podcast that I can possibly be on as saying that I think the three best options for the Cardinals in the outfield, uh, Tommy Edmund excluded, are Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson. That's the way that I would do it, but it's not going to happen. You know that Dexter Fowler is going to get a spot. Hopefully Dexter Fowler continues to build on the 2019 season he had. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, 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 uh. Tommy Edmund, Dexter Fowler, they both continue to, to build on the 2019 season. We're just going to have to wait and see. But I, that's the way that I would like to see it happen with Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas. And I don't know if that's a hot take, big old buck. I think that's what people would want. And I, I think that here's – here's the thing is I think that Cardinals fans honestly just want the best lineup every day. You know, Harrison Bader has worked relentlessly this offseason to uh, get his body in shape, get his mind in shape, and get ready for uh, the breaking pitches that he hasn't showed the ability to hit. If that happens, then run him out there. He's an elite defensive outfielder. If he shows any inclination of being the hitter that he showed in 2018, then that's enough. It's not good, but it's not enough. Uh, but it is enough, I mean. So we'll wait and see where that goes. But, yeah, look, I'm with you. I, I hope Lane Thomas, if he is the better option, actually gets the, the job over uh, Bader. Lucas says, Kyle talking like Baby Yoda memes. Uh, yeah, the, I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time. Uh, Victoria shared. Thank you, Victoria. Good luck. Sean says, Kyle, you were doing a great job on keeping up tonight. It's flowing well. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm not super drunk tonight. Uh, uh, I hardly drank anything, and I've been working on Dirty 35, and we've had a really great conversation. The pad people have brought it strong like you always do. So to the pad people for continuing to bring it strong, for having a great return of Prospects After Dark, uh, and on the cusp of the, both the Dirty 35 and spring training, we raise our glass to the pad people. I agree. I think that this has been a great Prospects After Dark. Uh, let's see. Uh, Osamara Madden. Osamara Madden says, hello. What's up, Osamara Madden? Quinn says, they didn't care about service time with Flirty. I don't know why people think they'll do with Carlson. They didn't care about service time with Jordan Hicks. And, you know, that had a lot to do with the major leaguers of veterans urging the Cardinals to do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, they, they've never done it in the past. I don't think they'll do it now. I think you could argue that maybe they did it with Tommy Edmond. Uh, last season, but I get why he went down to AAA. I uh, love those Chick-fil-A waffle fries, says Mark Hayden. Uh, Rack's twisty fries still come in a styrofoam cup. Uh, I, I don't know what Rack's is, and I'm heartbroken that I don't. And I need to go to, like, Georgia or something so I can eat this stuff. Georgia. Uh, Georgia or Binks. Georgia. Better green, Khalil or Tyler? Oh, Khalil. You know, Adam Butler and I were talking about it in a group chat a little while ago, but you know, Khalil Green probably had a top 10 college season ever before he was drafted. Uh, one of the best ever. Uh, and he also had a nice little major league career there before the poor guy lost it and probably fell off the face of the earth. Not probably, definitely fell off the face of the earth. Shottown Card says, I'm guessing you haven't done much 2020 draft research, but are there guys that you like? Oh, man, I like so many guys in the 2020 draft. Uh, uh, we like, look, I'll be honest with you. There's one guy who I've fallen in love with. His name is Zach He's a left-handed hitting outfielder 
out of high school. He's like a, a smart version of Colby Rasmus. Remember, the thing that held Colby Rasmus back, of course, was that overbearing father and also probably not being the smartest guy on earth. Uh, and also, of course, his relationship with Tony LaRusso probably didn't help. Uh, but I like Zach Veen a lot. I like Ed Howard a lot, a uh, uh, shortstop out of Chicago. Uh, I doubt he's there at 21. I doubt Zach Bean's there at 21. Uh, look, I like, I like, uh, uh, I like Ginn. I like uh, Wilcox. I like uh, uh, Crockett from Tennessee. That lefty. Look, that that kid. If he can get his command, he's going to be something special. Um, you know, I've spent a little bit more time as compared to past years on the draft. So I am a little bit more prepared uh, than, and actually part of the reason why I'm, I'm not as ready for the Dirty 35 to roll out is I, I've really kind of dug into the draft. I've been super interested in it. But yeah, I, you know, I like, uh, uh, I know C.J. Van, Van Eek or Ack or whatever uh, from, from Florida State is a guy that's been linked to the Cardinals. You know, if there's one guy that I look at who's, you know, uh, when you look at the ranking services that have him between like Cardinals draft 21st, 21st overall in the 2020 draft, the ranking services have between like 25 and 35. Uh, I can't help but think that that Cade Cavalli, who pitches for Oklahoma, big righty, he also pitched for Team USA, also pitched in uh, 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 the Cape Cod League, I believe. That kid looks like the kind of pitcher that the Cardinals would draft. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who are low on Drew Romo. I, I look, I know that uh, when Baseball America did their first, first like rough draft, first mock draft, they had Patrick Bailey. Uh, the catcher uh, uh, um, uh, from NC State going to the Cardinals. That makes a lot of sense. Patrick Bailey is a good player. I trust uh, players that come from NC State, too. I, I could see that. But I'll tell you what, I've really come to like the switch hitting catcher out of Texas, the, the high school kid, Drew Romo. I like him a lot. Uh, look, I, the Cardinals are going to get a great player at 21 overall. I'd say that, look, it's a deep draft. It's a good, deep draft. I think the Cardinals will do exactly what they've done under Randy Flores. I think they'll take the best available option with their first pick, which means somebody's going to fall and they're going to take them at 21 overall. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to be excited about it. Um, uh, and then I think with their second round pick and with the comp round B pick, and then what they get with Marcelo Zuna and then the third round pick, I think the Cardinals are in a good spot to do some damage in this draft. And I think I'm really excited about what the 2020 draft has in store for the Cardinals. Josh! Says, damn, look like I came in towards the end. No, no, look, we're an hour into Prospects After Dark. We're not near the end. We still have another half an hour to go at the very least. Napoli says, favorite deli run St. Louis. Uh, see uh, to be like 200, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, you know, Mama's Deli is great. Blue City Deli is great. Uh, I'm more of a burger guy than I am a sandwich. I've got this whole mental block about sandwiches, all right? Let me tell you how I feel about sandwiches. I have a problem with sandwiches because of the bread. I would rather just eat meat and cheese. Give me meat and cheese and lettuce, and I'll eat it like a jackass. Like, I I'm fine with that. But when it comes to a burger, like, I like a burger bun. Uh, I like eating that. But I I'm not a sandwich guy. I just give me the meat. I the, I the bread gets in the way of the delicious taste of the, the meat. So uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, but, yeah, look, Burley, not Burley is right. There are a hundred and a half uh, amazing delis in St. Louis. Josh says, happy pad day, folks, to Josh and all the pad people. We raise our glass once again. You guys, I love doing Prospects After Dark. Thank you so much for making this fun. Iowanek Derek says, is Luis Roberts starting for the White Sox? Yeah, I would imagine, just like with Evan White. Now, I want to say as we take a step back, Jerry DePoto for the Seattle Mariners, the general manager, whatever the hell he is, 
Uh, he does a podcast called The Wheelhouse. And I know that Cardinals fans don't have a reason to listen to the general manager of the Seattle Mariners talk. But if you've never listened to The Wheelhouse, you really should because it's interesting. And it's also a fun juxtaposition because you have Jerry Depoto, who's really forward and playful uh, and has a lot of fun. Uh, with John Mazelak, who's not, I mean, he's playful, but in a dry way. Whereas DePoto is kind of playful in a bro way. Listen to the wheelhouse with DePoto. Uh, but, the, you know, the DePoto did the same thing with Evan White that the White Sox did with Luis Robert. They signed their big first base prospect uh, to a major league contract before he even hit the majors. DePoto is certain that the Mariners, he's their first baseman. He's going to come to camp, and unless he's awful, he's going to start as a first baseman for, for the Seattle Mariners. I would imagine that the White Sox are going to do the same thing. The other thing I want to say about Luis Robert real fast. I love Luis Robert. No one stumped harder for the Cardinals to sign Luis Robert than me. That is a fact. That is an undebatable fact. Uh, no one was more disappointed when the Cardinals didn't go above and beyond for him. That is a fact, too. But Luis Robert is not exactly 100% ready to be an impact Major League player yet. Expect him to have something similar to what we saw out of Yon Moncada in 2018 and what we saw out of... Uh, uh, Eloy Jimenez for the first five months of 2019. It's going to take Luis Robert a little bit of time. He swings and misses it too much. You know, he's still only going to be 21 or whatever. So give it a little time and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, I would suspect that what you're talking about is maybe Luis Robert flying underneath the radar uh, this time next year, this time in two years, and then finally reaching a ceiling. So Luki's fan says, what are Mateo Gill's strengths and weaknesses? Can he stick it short? I do think Mateo Gill can stick it short. I have every faith that the hard workers and the smart guys can stick it short long-term. Look, he's not as super athletic as Edmundo Sosa and Delvin Perez, but he's smart and understands a position like Paul DeYoung does. So, yes, he can stick it short. What are his strengths? To me, his strengths are strength, his size and his body and his preparedness, and also his mind. He's a baseball IQ guy. Uh, if we're talking about what he does well, uh, he takes a good at bat. He swings up a little too much now. He's not as patient. He could definitely learn to walk more. He has a strong arm. Remember, if he can't stick it short, he's going to end up being a relief pitcher long term. That's uh, He has that kind of arm uh, with that kind of a repertoire. At least he showed it in high school. Uh, he is just a really solid kid who is understands the profession of baseball uh, and, and also works hard for it uh, with a tremendous baseball IQ. Those are Mateo Gill's strengths. BJ Dittman says, I'm in KC. Should I get Matheny to sign my cards hat? That is Mabry's autograph or just destroy it. You get him to sign it and then you destroy it, Jay, uh, BJ Dittman. Lucas says, well, St. Louis have four left-handed pitchers in the pen. Uh, I can't. So I think KK is a starter. Okay, so I don't think the Cardinals have four left-handed pitchers in the pen. Uh, and the four left-handed pitchers are Andrew Miller, Brett Cecil, uh, Brandon Webb, and KK, uh, Mr. Kim. I don't think it happens, but you know what? You never know. I think the Cardinals will work to trade either Webb or Cecil. I think they'll keep Kim and Miller. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, like an inventive piggybacking situation with Kim and Seymour to start the year. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, look, I think it's very unlikely that they carry four left-handed pitchers. But if it, it could happen. I, I would say it doesn't happen. I think it'd be crazy. I think the Cardinals will work to trade the other ones, uh, uh, Webb and, and Cecil. Uh uh, you know, Webb, I think, is out of option years. I don't think he can go back to Memphis without clearing the waivers. Uh, but remember, it doesn't matter how the Cardinals start the year, uh, start the season. You know, I guess it will actually, I, I take that back. Now, because of the 26 man, uh, they can only keep 13 pitchers, so they can't get super creative with how they start the season pitcher-wise with days off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't think it happens, but it could. It very well could put it at a 5% chance and hope that it doesn't. 
Uh, who will be taken first in this year's draft? I'm going to say Emerson Hancock. Look, uh, uh, Austin Martin, the the uh, the middle infielder from Vandy, a lot of momentum for him. Uh, but you know, if I'm if I'm uh, uh, if I'm picking first overall, I'm taking Emerson Hancock. Spencer Torkelson. I would imagine right now they have him in the top three. He'll probably fall beyond the top three. I would think the big first baseman with superpower uh, from Arizona State. But it's going to be either Torkelson or Emerson Hancock or Austin Martin. And I guess it just depends on what, you know, the order just depends on what happens with Detroit and Baltimore and and how they want to draft and who's available after that. But I think it's going to be Emerson Hancock. That's the direction that I would go in. Uh, Cards love those Cape Cod guys. They love Cape Cod guys. They love Team USA guys. They're starting. That's a Randy Flores thing, I believe. I believe. Total guess. Uh, They love Team USA guys. They love smart guys, and they love guys who understand the profession of baseball, the profession of baseball. Uh, Coach Housley says Reed Detmers, from a, the lefty from Louisville. I love Reed Detmers. I don't think he lasts to 21, but he is definitely one of those guys who, if he falls to 21, I'd be really happy with the Cardinals taking. I will say that I like a, a Crockett or Crochet, Garrett Crochet, from Tennessee more than I like Reed Detmers, but that's just me. Uh, Chi-Town Card says, I'm not huge on crochet, but you're right. He would shoot up for me with better command. That's It, it all depends. You know, uh, the, the the left-handed pitcher crochet from Tennessee, it seems like command's the issue. You know, you look at his ERA, uh, blah, blah, blah. But I've been told that there's something special about that kid. And that was after I inquired about him because I already liked him. So I, I understand why people might, you know, look at his stats and think, oh, blah, 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 yada, 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 walks, ERA. But uh, I think you're talking about a kid who's going to blow this, the, the, the season apart. I love that Cole Wilcox. I'll be honest with you. If the Cardinals don't have a player that falls to them at 21, I, I'd love to see them take Cole Wilcox. Trade the next two drafts for Kumar Rocker from Lucas. Yeah, the Vandy, the Vandy righty. Uh, he was going to be a near impossible sign for anybody in last year's draft. But, man, I'd kill to have Kumar Rocker. Uh, let's see. That could be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can end up with Kumar Rocker if they handle it right or wrong or I don't know. But, yeah, if I'm guessing right now, if you ask me who's going to have the first pick in next year's draft, I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Randall Rhodes says pretzel buns. I love a good pretzel bun. As a matter of fact, the pretzel bun is the ultimate, like, carnival attraction for burgers. You know, sure, you put a funnel cake or a donut on a burger, I'm going to order it. But you're talking about the practical bunness for a burger? Give me that pretzel bun. Give me that pretzel bun. If you put, like... It's a cheeseburger with a pretzel bun. I'm going to order it over something that I would rather want. That pretzel bun is a nice little thingy that distracts you from thingies. I don't even know what I'm saying. Josh says, would you trade some random middle infield prospect for Jack Peterson? Yeah, uh, so uh, we're talking about uh, Rengifo. Uh, Look, he's not just some random middle infield prospect. Yes, he was not as successful as a 22-year-old at the major league level. Uh, But he's something a little bit more than that. You know, I, I saw people compare him to Edmundo Sosa. Edmundo Sosa like is a C type prospect where Rungifo is like a B type prospect. Uh, and it's not a prospect because he's exhausted in the major league, blah, 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 yada, yada. Uh, but like, th- there's a lot to be excited about still. Yes. Uh, th- I would tr- do it a hundred times out of a hundred opportunities. And uh, that that's all that they were going to do to unload $9 million worth of salary with a very good left-handed hitter against right-handed pitcher. Makes me wish that the Cardinals would find some way of getting involved in this. Farmer Bala, Farmer Bala says, intrigued by Romarian starting pitcher Heredia. Interested in your thoughts? I don't have many thoughts about Heredia. Look, I, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't have any thoughts about Heredia. Uh, my thoughts are my own about him, and honestly, I don't feel comfortable sharing very much of him with him because I haven't really seen him with my own eyes. I love Patrick Romeri. Look, I put on the dirty thirty-five Romeris ahead of Fletcher. Uh, Trajan Fletcher, by the way, had a great offseason, and I can't wait to see what his 2020 looks like. I'm really bullish on Fletcher at a level that I, ne I wasn't necessarily. But I love Patrick Romeri. Look, the thing about Patrick Romeri and Trajan Fletcher, Trajan Fletcher being the second-round pick in 2019, Patrick Romeri being the, 20, uh, the 12th-round pick in 2019, both outfielders, both 18 years old last year. They both are Northeastern guys. The difference is Romeri went to the IMG Academy in Florida, which is now a baseball uh, uh, haven for high school players. And Romeri entering at the by the end of 2019 was more of a baseball player than Trajan Fletcher, where Trajan Fletcher is super athletic. Uh, look, those two are going to be linked. On the Dirty 35, they're right next to each other. When we did the outfielders, they were right next to each other. On every iteration until one of them separates themselves, like really separates themselves, they're going to be right next to each other. But look, Romeri is a very good corner outfielder with a good bat and an amazing ability to barrel the ball. He strikes out too much probably, but he has a good approach that's going to create walks. I like Patrick Romeri a lot. Uh, Heredia, let's not get into just yet. I'm not I'm not ready for that yet, Farmer Valla. You know how I am uh, with, with pitchers like that. Uh, you know how I am with pitchers like that. Chi-Town Card says, I also recommend watching Slade Sassoni uh, 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 out of the U if you haven't already. High upside righty. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that probably won't go in the first round. Uh, there's plenty of upside. I've seen a little bit of him, not as much as I would like, uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Look, the, there are a lot of amazing collegiate-level players in this draft. Uh, maybe one of the best collegiate drafts I've seen in a long time, which means a lot of these guys are going to get to the majors pretty quick. Uh, Cracker Liquid says, do you think Gant can get his first half mojo back? My concern with Gant, by the way, uh, look at this amazing hoodie. Look at this thing. Uh, I avocado pad with the pad logo on the back. You can get that over at Birds on the Black. It's amazing. I'm going to take it off. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that, uh, 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 John Gant's first half mojo last year was all smoke and mirrors. I, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know what to think. I'm hopeful for John Gant. I would think that John Gant might have some trade value to some team. And I wouldn't be surprised if John Gant's the guy who finds his way to another organization. Uh, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. But no, look, I I always hedge my bets. And a smart man, a smart betting man, would not bet on a pitcher getting their mojo back when really their mojo was fueled by, like, the month of May, which was outstanding, right? Uh, so, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I think it can happen, but I wouldn't bet on it. How about that? Uh, let's see. March Hayden says, Cards win 87 to 89 games and still win the division. It could happen. I do think the division is going to beat up on the Pirates a little bit. Uh, I don't think the Brewers are going to be as bad uh, as some people think. I don't think the Cubs are going to be as bad as some people think. I don't think the Reds uh, are as good as some people think. And I do think that, like, that 87 to 90 win Delta uh, uh, wins the Cardinals, the NL Central. Or whoever the NL Central. Gus Sports says, speaking of GMs, did you hear Gould's thoughts on uh, British? Agree or disagree? I did not hear his thoughts on uh, the manage the general manager of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, B more Gonat says every card's hitter's weakness. Annabelle Sanchez, yeah, you know Annabelle Sanchez pitched amazing in the NLCS. He pitched really well in the playoffs, and uh, you know, as a Cardinal fan, Cardinal fans got really upset that they couldn't hit Annabelle Sanchez. But you know, he pitched great, and you talk about a guy who's had a great major league career. That if like. If Dakota Hudson hits on all cylinders, 
that could be like his ultimate, ultimate ceiling. He'll never be as good as Annabelle Sanchez. He'll never hit that peak. But yeah, man, like uh, the Annabelle Sanchez pitched amazing in the NLCS and made the Cardinals look bad. And I know Cardinals fans got pissed because of Cardinal hitting, but Annabelle Sanchez deserves the ultimate cap tip for the way he pitched, in my opinion. I love watching it. Like, that's one of the most amazing things about the, the playoffs for Major League Baseball is that guys like Annabelle Sanchez, uh, guys who were really good at one point and then were probably terrible, and then all of a sudden just get a chance in the playoffs, uh, end up taking advantage of it and are the unsung heroes of a World Series run. That's the romance in baseball. He's the Cardinals 2011 version of Jake Westbrook or Edwin Jackson, uh, or really the 2016 version of Alex Reyes or Jeff Weaver. Uh, I love that story. And I, I tip my cap. I raise my glass to Annabelle Sanchez. I also raise my glass to national fans. Good for the Nats. Uh, I, I'll never be mad at an organization or a city for winning their first World Series in a city. I love that. I got to be happy for the Nats. Got to be happy for Max, uh, Max Scherzer. Let's see. Matt Wright says, Stephen Biscotti or Shin Su Chu? Uh, you know, for fantasy baseball purposes, as your question asks, I'll go Shin Su Chu. I love Stephen Biscotti. That's not to beat up on Stephen Biscotti. It's just to say that I think Shin Su Chu does a little bit more than Piscotti will. D. Ludwig says, uh, who ends up closing games down the stretch? I'll say Junior Fernandez. I'll say uh, uh, Gio still does the, uh, the fireman role. I don't know what to expect out of Fernandez or Ryan Helsley, but I'll say uh, by the end of the season, it's Junior Fernandez. Even with Jordan Hicks, I want the Cardinals to be as careful as possible with Jordan Hicks. Uh, uh, because I want him to be a Cardinal for as long as possible. Does Henesis make the big club from our good friend John Greco? John Greco, I don't think so. Uh, if you read today, I published a list of the graduates off of the Dirty 35. Henesis Cabrera was one of them, and I think he starts the year at Memphis as a starter. Uh, I think the Cardinals end up having a lot of guys who go down to Memphis as a starter, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it from there. Uh, but no, I don't think he breaks with the big club unless a bunch of people get injured. Marchain says, how confident are you and Kim? I'm not that confident. You know, it's funny. We've managed to avoid this conversation since the Cardinals signed him. I'm not as confident in Kim. Now, we do know that the league that he pitched in uh, uh, over in Asia uh, was more of a hitter's league than Michaelis's was. We know that. Like, I get that. I am not as set on him. I think that he's going to do really well against lefties, and I think righties are going to hit him hard. I don't know if it'll happen initially, but I think by the end of the year, you're talking about righties hitting him hard. So my level of confidence is I'm not super confident in him. Uh, everyone else seems to be, and I trust Matt Slater, and I trust the Cardinals' ability to scout that region. Even with Sun Wan Oh, uh, uh, they, they managed to nail it. But I'm not as confident as everyone else is. I want to see it before we praise it. And remember with Kim... Uh, think about Michaelis. Remember that first spring training with Michaelis, it was rough. It looked bad. And Michaelis needed a reset before we got uh, we got underneath, uh, like before he kept going. So let's be patient with Kim. It might not look good at the good at beginning of spring training. He's going to need to figure things out. Josh says, uh, John Nagowski, better win Ravelo. Uh, let me start over. I need a drink of water. Hold on. I'm going too fast. Josh says, John Nagowski, greater than Ravelo or vice versa. Again, I would think for constructing this Cardinals team, Ron Hell Ravelo is better for this Cardinal team. And I really hope John Nagowski gets his chance, uh, whether it be with the Cardinals or another organization. But I do like Ron Hell Ravelo with this particular construction of the Cardinal team and Ron Hell Ravelo uh, taking the J-Mart role, uh, as it were. Matt Stromer, 
The cards have a lot of lefty BP arms near the big club. Cecil, Miller, KK, Webb, Gomber, Henesis. Yeah, you could maybe even say that the recently acquired Ricardo Sanchez is one of those two. I believe Adam Kuczynski has a chance to make a major league debut in 2020. Uh, there are a lot of a, a lot of left-handed options in the Cardinals organization that are on the cusp of the major leagues. Uh, apparently, hold on, who's drafting? Quinn draft. Apparently, Graham's pissy about it. A uh, white man beater says, "Sup? What's up, brother?" Uh, not, or what's up, sister? Hopefully, you're a sister beating up us white men. Uh, Torkelson is a boss. Dude hits bombs. Yeah, look, I love the power on Spencer Torkelson. Uh, I loved Hunter Bishop. I'm a big ASU fan. If I have to pick, like, I'm not a big ASU fan, but I respect ASU, their program, what they've done to build that facility and the offensive production that's come out of that organization. Love that Spencer Torkelson. Good life. Sean says, Wayno is not Verlander, but I think he figured something out last year to prolong his career. Yeah, the thing that he figured out was health. Uh, you don't need to look any further than all the things that he said in 2018 where he just talked about getting healthy. He thought his career was over, and then his arm snapped in. If he's healthy, he's going to pitch well. Uh, as well as he's capable of at this point, which is what we saw in 2019. And if he's not healthy, then he's not. Lance Dance, Adam Butler says, do you have any idea if that Westcott kid from Edwardsville will be drafted? I do think he'll be drafted. It's just a matter of, like, I don't know what his signability is. Uh, but, yeah, I, from what I understand, he's going to get drafted. Uh, Saluki says, best diner burger in the city. Look, you, you go to the South City Diner every time on Grand right there. Uh, if you're going to go to a diner, you go to there. I know Tiffany's there in Maplewood is really good, but I'm going to the South City Diner every time if I got to go to a diner. Lucas K says, not only Jacques, but Ross Stribling, too. Great point. Yeah, Coach Hotley says, what happens to Max Schrock? I thought he was supposed to be the key piece in the Piscotti trade. Yeah, I would say that, you know, uh, between Schrock and, and um, uh, Jairo Munoz, they were both kind of like 1A and 1B in that trade. I like Schrock better because of his ability to make contact and get on base. What happens with him? I don't know. You know, he expanded his ability to play as a utility player, playing third and second. He was fine at third, surprisingly fine. I wouldn't call him average, but he can flash average at third base. He, he's an average second baseman. He had a terrible start to the 2019 season, along with Ramon Urias and Justin Williams and every player down in Memphis to start the year that wasn't, pardon me, uh, named Randy Rosarena. And Rosarena started in Springfield, and then by the time he got to Memphis, he was hitting. So uh, here's – but then midway through the year, Max Schrock started hitting again. So what happens with him? He stays down at Memphis until the Cardinals need to make a decision on him or until he forces his hand to the majors, which I don't see happening. Uh, and then eventually becomes a major league free agent, which I think happens after this coming – or minor league free agent, which I think happens after this coming season or next season if he isn't taken in the Rule 5 between the two. Uh, look, some guys just end up being minor league depth. Probably what Max Schrock is, more than likely. Might have a major league debut in him somewhere. Uh, but remember, the key to the Piscotti trade was getting Piscotti to the West Coast. It wasn't necessarily about the return. It, I know a lot of us, myself included, pimped up Max Schrock over Jairo Munoz, uh, and I stand by that. Uh, I have no faith in Jairo's ability to play the defense. I know he makes a ton of contact, but contact isn't everything. Oh, hey, Matt Thompson over at Prospects Live. What up, motherfucker? Matt is expecting a baby soon. Uh, and uh, let's see, they're probably like 50 days away or something like that at this point. Anyways, to my good friend Matt Thompson over at Prospects Live, look, you guys know what I've said here. If you're going outside of the Cardinals organization, and even the Cardinals organization, my buddy Matt does the Cardinals, uh, go to Prospect Live. Uh, 
I love the work that Prospect Live does. Uh, all of those guys are amazing. They've got amazing podcasts. They've got amazing draft coverage. They've got amazing prospect coverage, baseball, league-wide. I raise my glass to the Prospect Live people, but I mostly raise my glass to my good friend, Matt Thompson. To you. I do love what Prospects Live does. And, uh, you know, as the prospect season begins, we were asked about one of the outlets a little while ago, and I tried to be as nice and supportive as possible. Uh, but you don't need to look any further than other outlets and then look at what they do over at Prospect Live to see why what they do is potentially head and shoulders over at least one of the green-themed uh, uh, other outlets. Uh, Josh says, do you catch the podcast with Fletcher? Good stuff in there. No, no, I, I did not. I don't even know what – I don't know anything about it. Jay Clark says, I, IMG is in every sport haven. IMG is in every sport haven. I don't even know what's going on there. March Hayden. Are the Cardinals cheap or just spend money on the wrong players? The Cardinals are not cheap. $170 million is not cheap. They spent the money on the wrong players. Uh, they also got over-aggressive too early with the players that they spent money on. I think you could argue that the Cardinals would have been better letting Miles Michaelis uh, go to free agency this past year. They definitely would have been better to void or to not pick up the option on Matt Carpenter and try to work something else out. You know, the Dexter Fowler contract isn't bad anymore. Like, it's not good, but it's not. it doesn't price them out of anything. What prices them out of everything is the other contracts they built around the Matt Carpenter deal on top of the Matt Carpenter deal. Uh, uh, they've just made some bad financial decisions. They're not cheap. They pay their players. And maybe the issue is that they pay their players. Uh, Jeff Niehaus says, Bot B merch is the best, and I need to get some more of it. Yeah, speaking of Bot B merch, look at this. This is the Birds shirt. Now, you'll notice that I have the female Bird shirt, too, with the yellow here. But So here's the thing. Look, I don't think he's in here. Uh, uh, but now that we have more people than ever, uh, I'm going to raise my glass, my iAvocado pad glass, as I talk about my shirt and my wonderfully beautiful hoodie that has this amazing logo right here and then this amazing logo right here. Uh, I raise my glass to the only person on Cardinals Twitter that matters at all, uh, the most instrumental person in my personal career, uh, the, 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 uh, to Cardinals Gifts. Look, Cardinals Gifts is going through some stuff. He was put in a terrible situation, uh, and he, he's, in a, he's in a bad spot now. We're not going to talk about it any more than that because it's not mine to talk about. But there isn't a more important person or a more lovely or amazing person on earth than Cardinals Gifts. So I raise my glass that he gave me. Uh, to the audience that he gave me, uh, uh, to Cardinals Gifts, because he's the only person that matters in the entire Cardinal community. He's the heart of Cardinals uh, Twitter. Uh, to Gifts, I raise my glass, because honestly, doing this without him is fucking pointless. It's hard. It's tough. Uh, but I'm, I'm very thankful to be in the position that he put me in. With all that he gave me. Uh, Mark Hayden says, Piscotti should have never been traded. Should have given him a bereavement as long as he needed. Yeah, but that's not how businesses work. And I get your point. That would have been great. And maybe he would have had the success uh, with the Cardinals after his mother passed, tragically. Uh, but maybe it wouldn't have happened. Uh, I agree. It would have been nice for the situation to go differently. But I'm glad it turned. Like, uh, other than his mom passing and getting sick, I'm glad he got to go home and play for a team near his hometown. Uh, would you be upset if Helsley began in Memphis, stretch out as a starter? Uh, that's where, so I was wondering if somebody would get me at him. Uh, Adam, Adam Butler gets me. He pigeonholes me. He puts me into a corner. 
No, I would not be upset, but it, it's dependent on if Helsley actually has a chance to start at the major league level. If they're going to do that thing where they send him down to Memphis as a starter and then he starts for a little bit and then they move him in the bullpen and he's in the bullpen for a little bit and then starts a little bit. Like, I don't want him to go through what he went through in 2019 and 2020. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. I do think he's – I've always said that Ryan Helsley has a repertoire for a starter. doesn't really seem like the Cardinals feel the same way as they went fastball cutter almost exclusively, even though his curveball and his changeup are potentially plus pitches, uh, even out of the bullpen. But, yeah, look, if, if he goes down to Memphis and he's a starter with the potential to start somewhere down the road – I will be okay with it. But if they fuck around with him like they did in 2019, it's a waste of time and resources. Farmer Vala says, I am learning so much. Thank you. Thank you for this. Always, Farmer Vala. You're one of my favorites, brother. Any way I can ever help, just let me know. Not for early says, think the cards regret the Michaelis contract at all? I do not. And I'll be honest. Like, when you think about it, you compare it to uh, uh, other contracts of that type. Uh, I don't think it's a bad contract. One thing that we heard Michaelis talk about at winter warm-up is that he's going to re-engineer his slider turn it back into the cutter where he had success in 2018 as opposed to the loopy slider. And you never know. Maybe we get 2018 production out of Miles Michaelis because of that. Johnny G24 says, Cards more or less excited, Sans Ozuna. For me, as a prospect guy who has been following all of these outfield outfielders for so long, I am very, very excited. I am more excited than I was with Marcelo Ozuna as the everyday left fielder. Uh, just like I was in July when... Tyler O'Neill was the everyday left fielder instead of Marcelo Ozuna while Ozuna was on the IL. But I think for the average fan, there's less to be excited about uh, for the Cardinals without Ozuna, for sure. Graham or Quinn says, Graham, I can't see my Twitter notifications when I'm watching Pad Silly Goose. I like Quinn calling Graham Silly Goose. That really gets me off. Josh says, O'Neill over under 110 WRC plus and a 3 FWAR. I'll say an under 3 FWAR. For O'Neal, but if he plays all season, I'll say just barely above the 110 WRC+. Plus. Uh, let's see. Good Life Sean says, not to be pessimistic, but in what position have the Cardinals improved since last year? They have more pitching depth. Uh, I would say the subtraction of Michael Waka from the starting rotation is a plus. Uh, and I love Michael Waka. I'm not trying to beat up on Michael Waka. I think Carlos Martinez getting healthy is a plus if he is healthy and ready to go. Uh, I think pitching and potentially defense has gotten better. I Again, the thing about Marcelo Zuna is you lose Marcelo Zuna for sure, and that's not a good thing. But Marcelo Zuna is not like an MVP caliber player. Sure, he might go to Atlanta and have an MVP-like season. He might have MVP-like seasons as he moves past his time in Atlanta. But what you got out of Marcelo Zuna for the last two years is not irreplaceable. It's easily replaced. And sure, it's not as exciting, but it's also not as bad defensively. And the Cardinals, this Cardinals team is built on good defense and good pitching. And they got better defensively, and they got better pitching-wise, and that's a positive. Uh, Gus Sports says, what has to happen for Dylan Carlson to crack the lineup? What has to happen? I would think O'Neal has to get hurt, and Tyler O'Neal has to get hurt, or Edmund and Bader have to get hurt, or two of the four have to get hurt, or Dylan Carlson has to hit so well that the Cardinals don't have a choice but to keep him with the big league club. Uh, Coach Housley, does anyone else feel threatened by Kyle's orange highlighter? Sorry, we'll throw the... I need the highlighter, actually. How about this? How about this black pen, boy? Do you like the black pen? A uh, whole lot says, you, your breast stank. You don't even know how bad it is. <sighs> yeah, it smells bad. It smells like bad scotch is really what it smells like. Uh, Josh says, I'll link you to the Fletcher podcast later if you want. Please do, Josh. Yeah, I'll try to listen to it. Now, I will tell you what I've heard from Fletcher before you even link it to me, because I've probably already heard it from the people who know, 
is that the Cardinals uh, gave him a pretty strict uh, like curriculum this offseason to adhere to. They, uh, they used technology to boost uh, his potential. They've worked on his leg kick. Uh, they've worked on his approach. And he's he's seems ready to go for the season, a potential breakout. But the, when the Cardinals signed him to the one point eight million dollar bonus after drafting him in the second round, they had a very a very like strict plan for him, and it didn't couldn't manifest at first. They wanted him to get in uh, in game a little bit and see what it was like against pitching at the minor league level before they started to adjust. And everything seems to be going in the right direction for Trajan Fletcher. Quinn says, the wit has his guys. Seems like his guys are always his priority. Not a great plan, in my opinion. I don't think, look, DeWitt, I don't know Bill DeWitt. Look, none of us know Bill DeWitt. But in my opinion, Bill DeWitt appreciates, and that's Bill DeWitt Jr. I don't know about Bill DeWitt Jr. or Bill DeWitt III. But Mr. DeWitt probably really appreciates the fact that the legacy players, and I think that's part of the reason why Matt Carpenter is there. But I also think that like John Mazalek understands the importance of a guy like Miles Michaelis to your rotation, or to yeah, to your rotation. I think that at the time there was probably a little bit of stress on the Cardinals front office to sign somebody to supplement the outfielder outfield like Dexter Fowler. For years leading up to the Brett Cecil signing, we bitched and bitched and bitched about the Cardinals' left-handed uh, side of the bullpen. Uh, we lose track of perspective at the time when the future continues, when when time passes. And uh, because of that, we forget where we were when things happened. And I look, I was not on board with the Dexter Fowler signing. You can search Twitter to find that. Uh, I loved the Brett Cecil signing at the time. I was wrong. I'm an asshole. But I get what they were trying to do. I do think that Mr. DeWitt appreciates and loves himself the Cardinal legacy players. I think when they signed Matt Carpenter. Now, remember, they signed Matt Carpenter after Colorado signed Nolan Arenado about two months after it happened. And I, I'm not surprised that that happens. Mr. DeWitt loves Nolan Arenado, and I've got to think that part of that is a reaction to Arenado signing uh, with the Rockies, signing the extension with the Rockies. But Mr. DeWitt appreciates uh, those those legacy players, and whether we like it or not, and I like it because Matt Carpenter has a, had a great career as a Cardinal, uh, uh, he kept Carpenter around for that very reason. But I like where your head's at, Quinn. BJ Dittman says, Cardinals' gifts is the best. Absolutely, yeah. Love that card's gifts. Uh, Dan Russ says, I like the young guys getting a shot in no Ozuna. The, the thing I will ask everybody to remember, too, with Marcelo Zuna is, sure, he might end up having an amazing year for Atlanta. He might end up having an amazing year moving forward. But the Cardinals are in the business of trying to replace the production of Marcelo Zuna as a Cardinal, which is a 107 WRC plus guy. Uh, 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 when he was at his best in 2019, a 10% above league average player. Now, again, I get the one-year $18 million contract and wanting him to come back as a Cardinal. I understand that. I appreciate that. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's something that you go head over heels for. I don't think it's something that you have to buy into. Uh, just remember, the Cardinals aren't replacing what Marcelo Zuna might do. They're replacing what he did. And that's not as hard to replace as maybe it's being made out to be, even with, especially with, not even with, but especially with, the internal options. Coach Housley says black Sharpie way better. Personally would have went with silver paint pen, but you do you baby boo. I like that coach Housley. Uh, yeah, I don't have a silver paint pen. Send it to me. Uh, Quinn says blues into OT. I got it on. I love that three on three hockey OT. I Derek says best guess on where Fletcher starts. I wouldn't be surprised if Fletcher starts the year back at Johnson city. Remember, the Cardinals over the last couple of years have opened spring training, the minor league spring training, to a more like advanced competition set. So there's a chance he could start with Peoria. I don't think it happens. I think the Cardinals have plenty of outfielders who need time at Peoria and Palm Beach. 
But I would suspect that he starts the year at extended spring training. Maybe he gets a little taste of Peoria, similar to what Jan Torres and Malcolm Nunez got in 2019. And then probably starts the year at either Johnson City or State College. Uh, still, he's still raw. They still need to be really careful with him. Uh, Dan Rust 92070202 says, Did the cards fork out the money when the time comes for Flaherty if he continues to be amazing? Again, I think for Cardinals fans and for the Cardinals, their best bet is to try to buy out Jack Flaherty's arbitration years. And maybe if you buy out his arb years, you can get another year of his free agency and that, that. But I wouldn't suspect the Cardinals have the, the, the muscle or the, the payroll uh, comfort to extend Jack Flaherty to a long-term contract for many, many years. Uh, uh, he's going to go to free agency. He's going to make a lot of money with teams betting on him. And uh, I don't expect it to happen. But then again, you never know how injury is going to play into all of this. And if he has a Tommy John surgery uh, at the right time, maybe the Cardinals get lucky and can keep him around longer than they otherwise wouldn't be able to. Good luck. Sean says Jeff Luna looks worse each week since the scandal was revealed. This guy was made famous in St. Louis. Now, I would say that Mr. Luna did a pretty good job of making himself famous the minute he became the GM of the Astros. Uh, he was, you know, when when he was a head of amateur scouting or whatever for the Cardinals, yeah, sure, he was he was a big deal then, and getting the job with the Astros was big. But he's had like scandal after scandal. People forget that they forget about the Brady Aiken thing. They forget about uh, the 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 wagering of like the uh, the draft pool money. He he made himself famous from the minute he became the Astros GM. Uh, how should fans feel about Jeff Luna? That's not for me to say. I'm not in the business, business of telling people how to feel. Fans should feel however they want to feel about whatever they want to feel. Uh, uh, and that goes for everything, you know. Uh, that goes for everything. I, I'm not going to tell fans how to feel. How do I feel about it? I think it's comical. I think it's hilarious. I think uh, I'd love to know how Chris Correa feels about it all. But other than that, like, it's not my business to tell fans how to feel about Jeff Now, If you want to support him, support him. If you don't want to, then don't. Uh, but have reasons for doing whatever you do. For what it's worth, Quinn says, I think DeWitt is going to do whatever it takes to get rid of Albert's personal service contract. Yeah, look, Albert Poulos is going to be around Bush Stadium after he retires. I have no doubt about it as the Dallas Stars beat the St. Louis Blues. Napperilli says, I'd argue the Cards are trying to replace Ozuna from the past uh, plus some since offense was yeah yeah that's fair that's a very good point that's a very good point and I personally believe that if the manager does his job they'll get that uh, but he's got to be aggressive like he was in the second half and not as uh, uh, quiet and unwilling to adjust as he was in the first coach Housley says who do you see starring in Peoria this year I think Malcolm Nunez has a great year in Peoria I think Jan Torres has a great year in Peoria uh, you know, I think some of the starting pitchers from the 2019 draft start there, but don't end there. You know, Tony Losi might start there. I could see the Cardinals also getting aggressive and putting him in Palm Beach. Uh, Todd Lott, the first baseman outfielder from Louisiana Lafayette. I could see him being really impressive at Peoria. Uh, ninth round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, look no further than a lot of the guys that drafted in 2019. Pedro Pajes, the catching prospect. He'll start at uh, Peoria. I don't think he'll end the year there. there Peoria is going to have a good team this year. I'm really excited about it. Uh, do you think Pete Rowe should be reinstated from Derek? I don't care at all. Look, I'm not one to get excited about pageantry and uh, 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 halls of fame. 
You know, I wanted Ray Lankford, as I point to him here on my jersey, I wanted Ray Lankford to be a Cardinal Hall of Famer because in my mind, he should have been a Cardinal Hall of Famer. He deserves the credit that he maybe necessarily doesn't get uh, for being the best Cardinal during the driest period of Cardinal, of my lifetime's Cardinal history, the 90s. Uh, but other than that, I don't care. I don't care if Pete Rose is... Uh, uh, I don't care if he's reinstated. I don't care if he's put in the Hall of Fame. It, the Hall of Fame is a museum, people. And I get the holier, the holier, you know, holy art thou uh, philosophy of baseball and all that. But look, baseball is a game designed to cheat. Uh, and uh, look, I don't know if Pete Rose, Pete Rose didn't cheat. And betting on baseball is terrible. And the rules say that he deserves to be banned. And I get all that. But I don't care at all, man. I don't care who goes into the Hall of Fame. The sports writers are the ones voting for who goes in the Hall of Fame. Let's not lose our minds. Sports writers are terrible, you know. Uh, they vote for guys that they know and are, are proud of and like and blah, blah, blah. And I don't care at all if Pete Rose is reinstated. I don't care if Shoeless Joe Jackson's reinstated. I care about what's happening in baseball right now. Uh, so reinstate them. Who cares? On their plaque, put this asshole, put this asshole cheated on baseball. Uh, he bet on baseball. Uh, he fucked in the clubhouse. This asshole ate fried chicken while starting a seven-game quality start. I don't care. Who cares? It's a museum. Let's not pretend like it's something that has any weight 300 years from now, 1,000 years from now, when a d descendants of descendants of descendants dig through our, our wreckage and our, 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 our remains. It doesn't matter. Baseball's not going to be around in 300 years. There's going to be something else. So let's not pretend like... Baseball is so important that it, it's beyond uh, the scope of nonsense. Let's just let it happen. It's a, The Hall of Fame is a museum. Let's not lose our damn minds. Uh, I went next. Do you think Pete Rose should be reinstated? We just did that, and it was very sincere, and I was proud of myself. Quinn, uh, in, in Cincy, some street vendors were selling shirts that said, I'm with Pete. Give me $200 on the Reds. I love that. That's awesome. See, that's how you make the best of a bad situation. To the street vendors on Cincy who have that shirt for sale. Mm. Coach Housley says, Collinsville, Illinois native Tanner Houck taking Dave Price starting rotation spot in Boston. Yeah, Tanner Houck out of Mizzou as well. Uh, I like him a lot. I don't think he'll take uh, Price's rotation spot at the onset of the 2020 season if David Price is actually traded. But I do think at some point he'll make his major league debut in 2020. And M-I-Z-Z-O-U and Collinsville, Illinois native uh, Tanner Hawk will get a chance to make his, his major league debut. And that's awesome. I love when the local kids make their major league debut. This dude pitched a no-hitter on LSD from Good Life, Sean. I like that. Graham, I wish more people had faith in O'Neal. Yeah, you know, I wish more people had faith in Bader, uh, myself included. I wish more people had more faith in Lane Thomas. I wish people weren't so worried about the loss of Marcelo Zuna. I wish more people had had faith in Carlos Martinez. There are plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the 2020 season for the St. Louis Cardinals. Most of that is about health and guys playing up to their ability. And a lot of that is wagering and dice rolling, and I understand that. But I like this Cardinals team. I like what comes next. And uh, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, but we'll see. You know, the, a lot of these options have their deficiencies. Look, I don't have much booze left. I'm going to raise my glass uh, the last little bit that I have uh, to, to all my pad people. Look, we did Prospects After Dark here on a Saturday night. We've had a great showing. To all of my pad people, uh, uh, another great audience, I raise my glass. I'm going to take you with me. Uh, Shelton Mysterio. Hey, what's up, Shelton? 
I'm taking you with me as I take my pants off. My pants are off, fam. I'm going to take you into the kitchen, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to, all right. Uh, Quinn says, the day people were saying Dakota Hudson is better than Carlos Martinez was an annoying day. Yeah, I just think that people view the ERA and the wins as a very important stat, and I understand why they do it because that's how baseball is. Uh, and I also understand, like, not buying into FIP and strikeout rate and being concerned about walk rate. Like, I understand it all. Sorry, we're having Buffalo Trace now. Uh, but, yeah, that's an annoying day because Carlos Martinez is a match. Over under 120 innings for Carlos Martinez from Graham. I'll say over 120 innings. Uh, this is uh, Buffalo Trace, by the way. I probably should have grabbed a bottle as we went into the kitchen. Here, this is what we'll do. We're going to go back into the kitchen. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's a very annoying day because Dakota Hudson isn't nearly the pitcher that uh, Carlos Martinez has the capability of being. Uh, we're going to put the lid back in. Good Life Sean says, yeah, but we're left with nothing but optimism for 2020. Every projection shows they're worse. Yeah, and I get that. Um, what I will say about that is, uh, and, I, and I definitely understand that as I grab a fucking Bud Light seltzer. Um, boy, I'm going to get drunk tonight. Yeah, but even with, even with Marcelo Zuna, wouldn't you say that all you're left with is optimism? You know, every article that's written about Marcelo Zuna is just about what he's capable of doing. Uh, it's not about what he did. You know, it's about, hey, look at his stats. And that's optimism. Look, every baseball season ever has been built upon optimism. That's it. Because if everything goes wrong, you're a 40-win team. So, uh, look, I get your point, Sean, and we definitely would want more certainty. Nolan Arenado would be amazing, but it's not going to happen. So what you do is you're optimistic about the options that you have. Uh, you said it a little while ago, like you have more faith in Dylan Carlson because of Tyler O'Neill uh, than, than you do of Tyler O'Neill. Well, why is that? Because you're optimistic about Dylan Carlson, even though all you know is what I'm telling you, what other outlets are telling you. So, you, you know, optimism is a subjective thing. I'm optimistic because I like the options. People are pessimistic because of the options that aren't here. So that all I'm saying is, like, let's see what they have. Two years ago, we were all clamoring for Tyler O'Neill. Last year, we were all clamoring for Randy Rosarena and Lane Thomas. Let's see what these guys have. So what I'm going to drink is I'm going to drink a Bud Light Seltzer Mango. I'm going to hammer this fucking thing. Uh, if I see one more Carlos as a head case take, I will throw something heavy. Now, Josh, this is what I'll say is I've always been that way, too. It used to fire me up when I hear that Carlos Martinez is a head case. I, but what I will say is Ronald Acuna made him look as bad as another human being can look. And that was like the most, this guy is a quote unquote 1990s definition of a head case uh, as you can find. And he looked bad. And that's the first time that I thought this guy has a problem. He needs to work through it. But luckily by the end of that NLDS, he was back to his normal self. Uh, again, uh, 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 Bud Light Seltzer Mango. Let's see. Uh, I'm ready for Ozuna to burn us in the NLDS. Yeah, it could very well happen. And you know what? You got to be happy for him. But at the same time, I don't blame the Cardinals for not betting on him. Uh, let's see. Quinn, if there's two of us, we can throw something even heavier. Just score 10 in the first and a solo shot here. If Carp struggles from Naparilli, if Carp struggles... Could Kisner get some at-bats at third? It's something I would love to see. I don't think it happens as long as Tommy Edmond is on the roster. And even if Gyro Munoz or uh, uh, Edmundo Sosa are on the roster, I still don't see it happening. I think more than likely what you're talking about if Carp struggles is uh, 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 those two getting options over Kisner. I look, I'm on board for Andrew Kisner being the 26th man on the roster, using him late in games, using Weeders as a pinch hitter and letting uh, a Kisner catch late in games. I don't think it's going to happen. 
if he breaks with the big club, which should happen, I don't expect him to be around for that long. Alex Reyes. We love that Alex Reyes from J- uh, Johnny G24. Yeah, look, we're very, like, with, with Alex Reyes, sorry, with Alex Reyes, we all have been told he's healthy. We've all seen him healthy. And we are hoping that an offseason preparing for 2020 is a good thing instead of rehabbing an arm issue. But let's not get carried away. It's still Alex Reyes. We still have a lot to worry about there as well. Uh, and we hope for the best with Alex Reyes because we love him. Arctic Snowman says, most seasons depend on the players playing their potential. Let them play and see where the cards fall. Yeah. And you have to do that eventually. You can't just keep putting the minor leaguers on the back burner. Because uh, that's frustrating. You know, we still don't know We still don't know anything about Tyler O'Neill. We know that when he played every day for a month, he was good. And other than that, we know he gets hurt a lot. But we still don't know anything about him. We know when he pinch hits, he looks terrible. Uh, so what do you do there? you got to find out more. Lane Thomas got 38 at-bats in like 50-something major league games. We know that he didn't play enough to know anything about, even though he was on the roster for more games than he had at-bats. That's not a good thing. That's poor. That's poor management. That's as bad as you can get of managing a player that needs to play every day. Uh, let's find out about him. Let's see what we have. You know, I don't think I don't think Lane Thomas has 29 home runs in him, but I think he has 20 home runs in him, and I know he has at least 20 doubles in him, and that's not that far off from Marcelo Zuna's production. So let's not lose our minds. Let's see what these guys have, and let's move on and adjust. Yeah, the, the thing that as Cardinal fans, as fans of baseball that we see, is we see an activity in the offseason, and we think, they failed. But there's always a chance to make a move in season. There might be a better chance to make a move in season. Let's not lose our minds because they haven't done anything yet. Let's see how they adjust. Now there is reason to have consternation towards them because in past years they haven't adjusted in season. And when the trade deadline comes and goes, they're, they don't do anything. But let's see what they do this year. That option is still there. Let's not pretend like the offseason is the only time that a team can make a move. Uh, Graham says, Matt Carpenter, comeback player of the year. That would be awesome, and that's what I'm hoping for. To Graham, uh, here's a Bud Light Seltzer Mango. I'm going to let you out of your cage tonight, boy. Quinn, I don't think that would have happened if Carlos wasn't dealing with the death of a loved one. Yeah, I'm not going to. I have got nothing to say about that. True, but the reputation Seamart had was false. It was really the first case of him having an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I am a big fan of Joe Strauss. I love Joe Strauss, but Joe Strauss, uh, the late departed El Diablo, helped fuel that Carlos Martinez needs to grow up. Carlos Martinez is a head case talk. And I think a lot of the, the B-fibs kind of clung on to that for years and years and years past El Diablo's passing and past some of the immature natures of Seamart. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. That, to, to Josh's point, true, but the reputation Seamart had was false. It was really the first case of him having an issue, in my opinion. It's definitely true since his early 20s, absolutely. Good life, Sean says. Someone is definitely going to get Arenado by the deadline, and it won't be us. That makes me really upset. We say that, but look at it this way. What if come deadline time, the Rockies are 46 and 44 and two spots out of the wild card? They're not going to trade Arenado. There's no way. They're going to ride Arenado and hope that they make a wild, make it into the wild card game, which could very well happen. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to be 10 games below 500 and treading water. But it could happen because that's the nature of baseball the this day and age with the second wild card. So, uh, yeah, it could happen. It could not happen. But we're going to have to wait and see how the season goes. Josh says, plus Carlos Martinez had just lost someone close to him. Yeah, you know, it's something I've said a bunch too. I get that. Johnny G says, miss most of the scope. Who's your opening day left fielder? I'm going to say Tommy Edmond. You know what? I'm going to take it back. I'm going to say Tommy Edmond is your starting center fielder with Matt Carpenter at third and Tyler O'Neill's playing left field opening day. 
March Hayden. Besides Libertor, Carlson, and Gorman, can any other prospect crack the top 100? Yeah, you know, I think by the end of the year, there's a chance Yvonne Herrera is in the top 100. I think Zach Thompson has a chance to be in the top 100 as I look at my board. If uh, Aliris Montero goes back to showing the, the potential that he showed in 2018, Aliris Montero has a chance to be a top 100 prospect. You know, uh, uh, I don't think Angel Rondon does. I don't think that people respect his ability. But I think Johan Oviedo does. I think... Uh, uh, Malcolm Nunez, I think Jan Torres, I think, you know, Griffin Roberts, I think, like, those are the guys that have a chance to be a top 100, top 200 prospect. Is it likely? No. Avon Herrera and Zach Thompson are really the only two guys outside of the three that you mentioned uh, uh, that have the chance. But, yeah, the, I would think that it, there are guys who have that potential. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Quinn says the Pirates traded Glasnow and Meadows because an 11 game win streak made them think they were bad. Uh, I don't know what that means. I think what you meant to say is that, that they weren't bad. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. They got excited. You know, people talked at the time, like, why would you trade Garrett Cole and then trade for uh, 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 Chris Archer? Because you don't expect what's going to happen. You didn't expect to be in the position you were going to be in. And you're right. They over, they got overexcited about an 11 game winning streak and they tried to acquire Chris Archer to replace Garrett Cole, and guess what didn't happen? Uh, let's see. Uh, I, one more time, I want to raise my glass of now Buffalo Trace to my pad people. This has been a great Prospects After Dark on a Saturday night. Uh, I'm excited about the Dirty 35, which will start rolling out at some point this week. I'm uh, excited about uh, 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 spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting on Wednesday. But more importantly, I'm excited about doing Prospects After Dark on a Saturday night with my pad people. Uh, you're amazing, and you make Prospects After Dark worth doing. I'll tell you what, going from scotch to bourbon, I forgot how much I love bourbon. I've been drinking a lot of scotch and tequila lately. Bourbon just feels right. Nothing better than ending a Prospects After Dark with a little bourbon. Um, what I want to say uh, from Arctic Snowman says, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Arctic Snowman. Thank you for being here. Uh, uh, oh, real fast, I want to say, to all of the people that I ran into uh, during at Winter Warm-Up, all the pad people, thank you so much for coming up to me. It was a pleasure to meet all of you. Uh, you were fantastic. To the gentleman that I saw outside of the uh, the All-Star game, I don't I don't know where I recognize you from. Thank you for, for introducing yourself. All the pad people, you are amazing. To the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, as John G24 says, I raise my glass to Chiefs Nation or whatever you call yourself. Uh, uh, just thank you so much to the pad people. You make Prospects After Dark worth doing on a weekly basis, and hopefully we can get back to doing Prospects After Dark on a weekly basis moving forward. Bourbon is so, so good. Uh, this was a great cast. Thank you, Kyle. My pleasure, Good Life Sean. My pleasure, Graham, who just says baseball. Uh, my pleasure, Victoria. All of my pad people. Now, of course, as we get to the conclusion of Prospects After Dark, we also say thank you to the Birds on the Black family, to Stu Styles, who does the amazing game recaps. Buy one of those hoodies, man. Those hoodies with the uh, Game 6 2011 uh, score sheet on it are amazing. I love those. Nick Childress, whose birthday is today. And Chill, we love you, buddy. Uh, ben Cerruti, who's going to be doing the player projection projections for Birds on the Black. Alex Crisafuli and Tara Wilman, who do chirps. Tara is amazing. Quinn says, thanks for signing my pad hat. One of my favorite moments of winter warm-up was signing... Quinn's pad hat with uh, hashtag pad while Tom Ackerman signed it with hashtag KMOX1120, uh, the call signs. I love that. That was amazing and awesome. 
uh, uh, Tara Wallman and Alex Crisofoli who do chirps, Zach Gifford who is pumping out material, and it's back to being that top quality that only Zach can produce. Uh, uh, just amazing, wonderful stuff. But most importantly, to Cardinals gifts, uh, our community is barren without him. And it's not for me to get into, it's not for me to say, but I would encourage everyone who's listening to this or watching this to hit Cardinals gifts up and let him know how important he is to you. Um, it was an awesome, look, no one will ever understand how amazing and how wonderful that guy is. And he was put in a really shitty situation by somebody that I care about. And uh, uh, without getting into details, he deserves your support regardless of the situation. So get after Cardinals gifts. I don't know how it is. So to all my birds on the black people, to Cardinals gifts, uh, uh, specifically Cardinals gifts, my brother in arms, the only person uh, other than a family member that I cared about as much as a family member, uh, uh, I raise my glass. Uh, an amazing prospects after dark. Thank you so much for filling the void that gifts left when he wasn't here tonight. Uh, the pad people are strong and wonderful and delightful in every possible way. Good life, Sean. I'll gladly have a beer with you. Quinn, it was a pleasure to have Tom Ackerman take a picture of you and me at the same time. Uh, uh, and it was a pleasure to have Tom Ackerman there. And uh, But anyways, to Cardinals Gifts, to Prospects After Dark, to Birds on the Black, which is an amazing community that I don't deserve to be a part of, uh, I raise my glass. God, Buffalo Trace is good. Holy cow, man. Woo! All right, that was Prospects After Dark on a Saturday night as we enter the final uh, uh, weekend before spring training. And the Dirty 35. Uh, a couple things. Long gone prospect with Ryan Hetzer. Uh, uh, that'll be out tomorrow. We have Dirty 35 articles already out for you. We have Dirty 35 articles coming to you. We have spring training, pitchers and catchers. Get excited. Look, uh, uh, Cards fam, I'm about ready to chug this Bud Light Seltzer Mango. I just hammered whatever uh, Buffalo Trace I had here. Look, life is tough. Life is miserable. But uh, uh, especially my Twitter community, if there's one thing I could leave you with tonight, it's that life gets weird sometimes. And we never feel like we are... We never feel good about some of the shit we do. We are constantly making up for the mistakes that we make. And what I would recommend to everyone is to just let things roll. Let's be happy. Let's be healthy. And let's do it together. Um, we lose people quickly. And sometimes we overvalue the life that we have. And we put our own lives on a pedestal that, in a way, we value more than others. And let's not forget that everyone is living life simultaneously. Uh, and let's not forget that we're all trying to learn things and move on and grow at the same time. Please do not put your life and your needs and your wants ahead of, ahead of others. Uh, of others, because that's the worst thing that we can do. We are symbiotic. We work with each other. And the only way that we can manage and live and work with each other is if we are living and working with each other. When we decide to put ourselves ahead of our, everyone else, that's when shit gets fucked up. Even the people that we don't agree with, even the people we don't love and care about, uh, that's when things get fucked. So just remember, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. 
The beautiful thing about the pad community, about the birds on the black community, is that we put each other first. If you're putting yourself first, you're fucking someone else. It doesn't matter who you are or who you love. If you're putting yourself first, you're fucking someone else. Don't forget that. That's how I'm going to end pad. I'm going to chug this Bud Light Seltzer. I'm going to tell you to stop putting other people first. Stop putting your political affiliation first. Stop or put other people first. Don't put yourself first. Put your team first. Put everyone else first because that's the only way we're ever going to find happiness is if we start looking out for each other instead of looking out for ourselves. Have a very, very open mind look instead of a fucking negative look. Uh, uh, be a fucking adult, even if you're children, be adults. And I'm going to chug this and tell you to stop being children and being an adult. That's right, freaks. That's Prospects After Dark on a Saturday night. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, look, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me the forum to rant. Uh, uh, look, I, I don't know what I'm saying most of the time. I just want people to be cool. I want people to forgive each other. Uh, I love the community. As Josh says, have a great night. And uh, if you listen to this, if you watch this, you're part of the resistance, as Eric Thomas coined and phrased. Uh, and uh, look, Cardinals Gifts was put through a really shitty situation, and he's here, uh, and we need to support him regardless. And that's all I have to say. And uh, uh, thank you so much, Pad people. Uh, you're amazing. If you listen to this, if you're watching this, you're part of the Reese existence. And as always, family, uh, nothing but the happiest of hunting as we enter the 2020 Cardinals season, the 2020 prospect season. Uh, uh, thank you so much.